You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. It's a Monday episode. Welcome back to the week. Hope you enjoyed your weekend of baseball. We got a full house. Jay, hey, Joey, Dallas, Jake, everyone's here. Uh, we also have a, I don't even know if I can call it an interview. It was really just like a slob fest. Uh, Tyler Glasnow on the podcast. I mean, that was, mm, mm. Is this coming Sitting with an there. X-rated? It was, uh, yeah, I don't know if we can put it on the YouTube. That's going to have to go straight to Pornhub. Uh, very ex- long overdue. Long overdue. It's probably been about three or four years since I've been waiting to do that. Uh, just an absolute tongue bath slob fest with the Tampa Bay Rays, Tyler Glass now. Uh, as always, on Monday, we come in. Everyone's got a little something, something to bring to the table uh, from what they like. Over the weekend, also the baseball is dead parlay, which I've got a little story behind my pick. I went on a little journey this morning. Um, uh, I was shown the light. I was shown the light this morning, and I think Dallas is probably going to enjoy my pick. That's called a tease. That's called a tease. But Dallas, mm. let's start with you. What did uh, what over the weekend did you like? Um, what did I like? Well. I liked being able to check off the last ballpark on my list. Oh, congratulations. Which was, thank you. Thank you. Notable achievement. Um, that's right. That's right. It's, uh, I, I don't know really you, you, you're far too kind. You're far too kind. Um, please, please be seated. Thank you. Uh, it was, be seated. <laughs> it was, it was cool. Got to check out the, uh, the bobblehead museum. Because they got the, okay. they got a bobblehead museum out there in Centerfield, wherever the hell it's at. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> sweet. Got to check out. <clears throat> they got a, they got some cool imagery throughout the ballpark of you know like the old like the '90s Marlins, early 2000s, and that was really sweet. Just because when I played in Kane County, which is high A or excuse me was low A for the Oakland A's back in 2004. Um, on the walls of the outfield were images of Josh Beckett, Charles Johnson, Dontrell Willis, and Charles Johnson. That is a name I have not heard in a long time, dude. It's crazy. And I like, I'm straight up Charles Johnson. It goes, I think it's in this order for me, Charles Johnson, Gary Sheffield, D train, Miggy. And you could probably, if I'm being honest, reconfigure those last three when I think about, or when I see the Marlin pinstripe uni. Right. And that teal or whatever the fuck color that is like, it just, that's who I think about. Uh, I actually side note stayed in the same house with the same host mom that Charles Johnson stayed in when he played at King County. So she had pictures of CJ all around the house. Like just, you know, what a great dude this guy was. Um, so that was really cool. And then fast forward to you know, a few days ago when I walk into the ballpark for the first time, I'm seeing a lot of those same images. I'm seeing a lot of these same pictures that she had in her house, like that came from her. And so that was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, just kind of 
kind of watching all that or like taking all of that in that kind of brought me, you know, brought me back to the, my, my days in the minor leagues. And, you know, I, I took a picture and posted it of, of D train, his big ass smile, uh, in the, in the press box, which is really cool. They got a ton of other cool shots. Um, that was pretty sweet. And then like baseball experience wise, I have really, really, really wanted to watch for an extended period of time arise in, in, in the way that he's approaching the baseball these days. Like we're talking about a dude who in June is knocking on the door of 400, right? Is he going to hit he's hitting four- 392? Yeah. So. Is he, is he going to hit 400? No, he's not going to hit 400. Yes. All right. You don't know that. I don't know I that. He will, but I you don't know that. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't think the odds are strong. Um, but that does not mean that this dude does no, not. The hit. odds are not strong on someone hitting 240 right now is not going to hit 400. He's hitting 392 Dallas. It's it's insane. And I was um, <clears throat> I, I forget who I was talking to about um, watching him. Oh, I think I think it might have been Eddie, uh, Eddie Perez, uh, working the baseball. I've, I've told this story about watching Miguel Cabrera work the baseball around the yard, out of the ballpark, hit a homer to left, left center, center, right center, right field. And then I've seen Ichiro do that as well. So those are the two guys that I've seen, like physically with my own eyes, do that shit. Arias, I mean, I'm talking every inch of the field during batting practice down the left field line, just to the right of the third baseman, maybe two feet farther to the right of the, like, it's just incredible the way he works the baseball around the field and to watch it unfold in a five for five, five RBI night. Like that was special to me because he's turning around 96 up and in, and then he's filleting backdoor sliders the other way. He's going out and hooking backdoor sliders, pulling them into the gap, pounding fastballs up the alley and left center. It was just a fucking treat to watch this dude roll the pole, man. It was, it was a treat. I, I look at him and the lack of power, whatever, that's fine. I look at him the same way I would look at a thumber on the mound who has to manipulate the baseball and survive via the ground ball weak contact and watch that dude knife his way through eight, nine innings of a potent lineup. That's what it's like watching Arias just walk up to the plate and literally you can see him. And I had our camera do this. You can watch him scan the fucking field like he's looking for where he wants to hit the ball based on what he thinks he's going to get. And some of the conversations you have with some of their staff, they aren't comparing him to Tony Gwynn per se, but they are talking about a guy who has such a feel for what he can do with the bat that it reminds them of watching Tony Gwynn in batting practice and then in the game do what I just said, like assess where he's going to hit the hole. It's fucking crazy. So that's is it good? Is that good to get compared to Tony Gwynn? I feel like you're probably doing something right, and mm-hmm. you should probably just keep doing whatever that might be is. You know, stay on that path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Jay, hey, what would you like from the weekend? I quickly want to follow up on Arias. Just uh, Michael Bauman at Fangraphs had an article about uh, like his pursuit of 400, and can he really do this? And it was just published, so it's timely that Dallas brought it up. Uh, there have been 10 batters since 2000 to hit 380 or better through their first 55 games, um, which is what Arias has done, puts you within it. The last, the most recent one to do it was Daniel Murphy in 2016 when he was with the Nats. The highest batting average, end of season batting average of that group was 372. No more. And that was, 
it was Nomar and Helton in 2000. And they what's, both finished at 372, actually. And what's impressive about those two dudes is there's some thump, right? There's some, for sure. There's some for thump sure. there. Yep. And the point that he made is that, you know, because he doesn't have that power, Raya's he's going to be more susceptible to like batting average on balls and play swings. Um, but he also is striking out half as often as he was as recently as two years ago. So like there's, he's, he's putting so many balls in play in a sense that like, if they go his way, um, well, you know, he could give himself a real shot, but I just thought that was interesting because I hadn't thought about the pursuit of 400 yet. Um, and it is, you know, 10 guys since in the last, what, 23 seasons have done it or have hit the 380 mark through this point. Um, but it's really rare, man. Yeah. Take-home message to coaches yeah. who are listening to this, lower levels. Take-home message to athletes who are listening to this. I said it on television a few nights ago, and J.J. <laughs> Bladé's homies were watching the ball game, and I said, just need to put this ball in play here. Put the ball in play. Good things can happen. That's what you need to think about, especially at a lower level where you're trying to emphasize the the fundamentals of the game here. Runners on second and third, less than two outs. We're looking for something in the air, right side, productive outs. Put the ball in play. Good things happen. So to your point about, because what's he punch out, Jay? Fucking 8% of the time. Yeah, it's like five. Yeah, it's, it's down to like 5% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yep. stupid. Like, it's just, he's not going to swing and miss, which is, uh, <laughs> I, I do need, I do need to shout out Sam Mole because Sam Mole threw a 90, like 495 mile an hour sinker down and away that Arias punched out on, swung and missed on. And I made sure that we came back from commercial with the clip of Arias swinging and missing and then just like looking out at Sam Mole and going, wow. <laughs> you know, like if you got a dude that we're talking about about to hit 400 and you pump a heater by him and he swings and misses and he looks out and goes, Wow, I would just want that clipped off just for me. Uh, in order to hit 400 for the rest of the season, in order to hit 400 at the end of the year, he has to hit 400, 406 for the rest of the season. Um, it's been done in order before. to get, and in order to hit 380, which has not been done in the 21st century, he'd have to hit 375 from here on out. This could be a really That's fun easy. story. Um, my my weekend story. I know it's been the story on multiple Monday podcasts, but I think it's undeniable that it's taken kind of reached a new level as the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to do a whole ass Texas Rangers. Segment. All right, then I'll just save it. I'll just save it. I, yeah. I've got stuff for them, but that's that's the thing that stood out to me. OK. All right. Yeah, we're going to we're going to dive deep into the, the Texas Rangers um, because my my parlay pick plays into that as well. Uh, Joseph, what do you got? Joseph? Yes. You cut out there. Yeah. But I'm uh, guessing you asked me to give my thing. <laughs> I did. Mine would be a team that we like to call the Pittsburgh Pirates are back. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're fully back. We wrote them off. We forgot about them. We said they're gone. They're done. They're Talk overrated. They suck. They're terrible. But they just swept the St. Louis Cardinals. And this team, say what you want about the boys in Pittsburgh, they can swing it and they can pitch it in the bullpen. Not the starters, but the bullpen. Hey, they hey. can strike you out, 
starters. Dallas says the starters are good. I don't. But <laughs> the relievers <laughs> are nasty. And they got some guys that you've never heard of who are dominating everyone. Obviously, Bednard. I would say most people, not, a lot of people have heard of Bednard. But these other guys who, I mean, I'd have to pull up the roster to know their names. You want me to say their names? Sam. Hernandez? Talking about Jose? Who else are you talking Jose about? Jose Hernandez. I'm trying to think of uh, no, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Yeah, let's throw it to Dallas. Let's see how big of a Pirates expert you are. Name the Pirates bullpen. Um, What's uh, Hilderman? Is it Hilderman (laughs) or Holderman? Holderman's having a great year. Okay. 2.8. I gave you Jose Hernandez and fucking uh, Holderman. I mean, get off me. What do you want me to do? That's better than anyone else could do. Those guys (laughs) having great years. Darty Moreta, great year. Say that again? Johan Ramirez. Darty Moreta. (laughs) Okay. Amazing year. Johan Ramirez. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the trade deadline because I'm guessing they're just going to get all these guys and trade them as soon as possible because they're mowing everybody down. But uh, I would like to have a conversation about the Pirates and the Cardinals without ever mentioning once how bad the division is. Do you think we could do that? Sure. Yeah. I think we could do that. It's going to be hard. Well, right now, the, the St. Louis Cardinals have the worst record in the NL. So it's kind of come full circle where they struggled so bad and we we're all roasting them, fire the manager. And then they had that series in Boston. They came back. They got hot. Nolan Arenado's back. The Cardinals are back. They're going to win the division. Since then, it's been slow. And since then, the Pirates are back. Pirates are now one game out of first place. Mm-hmm. Half game out of first place? I think a half game. As of right now, Joe, yeah. the Pirates are the only team with a winning record over the last two weeks, 10 days or so, I believe. Yeah. Like Jared said, it's been a mid-fest, especially in the National League. But the Pirates have taken advantage of it. I mean, to, th- to sweep the Cardinals in that situation, that was almost like a make or break for this team, which is hard to say in June, but it really was. And uh, they swept them. So... Hats off to the Pirates. And now they're going to Oakland. Well, they're, uh, Oakland's coming to them. And not, I'm not going to say that's an easy win. Whoa. But it's uh, there's tougher teams than the Oakland A's. So who knows? In the next three days, we could see the Pirates back in first place. And I personally would love to see that, man, because I've, I've been raising it since. <laughs> I've been raising it since. Since I was a kid, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just saw some weird. I'm not going to hit the breaking news sound because I don't I don't trust the source. Uh, but I saw some. Did you see this, Jake? Rymel Tapia DFA'd by the Red Sox. Whoa, I did not see this. Yeah, I don't know. I. I'm going to wait for more confirmation. It's a sketchy source. But something to keep an eye on for uh, all the Red Sox fans out there. That is news because I think I believe by the time this comes out, uh, you'll know that Christian Arroyo is activated and he's playing second base today. But I don't think that that's out there yet. Um, okay. Uh, we might as well. We might as well start. I would say the the lead story is kind of a down. It's definitely a downer. It's not kind of a downer. The Steven Strasburg news from over the weekend. Um, that was one that. Uh, by now it's Monday. I what did this come out on Friday? Maybe mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, I believe I so. Friday. Severe nerve damage. Uh, he's been completely shut down. <clears throat> now we're not even sure if he's ever going to pitch in the big leagues again. 
Uh, I so <clears throat> I don't know if it's because of the job or maybe just because I'm older and less. I'm not going to say not an asshole, but less of an asshole. I just in my in my 30s, I have gotten more of an appreciation for baseball players as human beings versus like these commodities where you just plug and play them as robots to win baseball games. I feel so bad for fucking Steven Strasburg where I, I think any conversation probably leading up to this news coming out of the worst contract in baseball, the answer was either Steven Strasburg or the answer was wrong because you forgot that he was even still an active player because we haven't seen him since 2019, basically, that when the Nats won the World Series. If there were another answer, it's like, oh, and then you would say, well, what about Steven Strasburg? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Completely forgot. Uh, because when you think of bad contracts, you think of players that are still out there. They're just not very good anymore. Steven Strasburg, uh, I mean, one of the most electric major league debuts of all time. Uh, there was a t- in terms of guys that had a massive the amount most, the of most. hype. You can't. Yeah, I, 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 there's been there's been equal hype in terms of guys that got taken high in the draft, but delivered upon. There's no equivalent in terms of this is his major league debut because it's hard to do that unless you're a starting pitcher. Right. Like if you're Bryce Harper and you had all that hype he and punched then you hit four home 14. runs in your big league debut, then you can do that. But Steven Strasburg just absolute deal fest and everyone is on their feet for the entire game. Then he's out there punching out guys. I, it, I, I can't say that we'll never see it again, but that is a very, very, very hard, high bar to, to be able to meet. No, think, I mean, <laughs> seven innings, seven innings, 14 strikeouts in your big league debut, being hailed as the savior of an organization, being hailed as the like potential savior of baseball, the next face of baseball. Like, this is going to be a god amongst men for how long? That was the question, right? There was a lot of talk about the mechanics and blah, blah, blah coming out of college and like the fact that he's coming from the tutelage of Tony Gwynn and there's just there was so much surrounding what Steven Strasburg was going to come in and do. And he essentially showed up and said, yep, it's the truth. Here I am. Here I am. To the point where an organization said, you know what? Knocking on the door of the postseason, knocking on the door of a World Series. We've got a guy who could probably help us get there, but we're going to take care of him and we're going to make sure that he's there to help us do this many, many more times down the road. Well. That didn't quite work out the way they would have liked it to. However, Steven Strasburg gave them everything, absolutely everything he possibly could have given them. He did. And it culminated in a World Series championship. But unfortunately for him, after, or unfortunately for them, after the contract, he will have made what? Eight starts into his seven year extension? That's a hang with them. And now we're talking about now we're talking about foreverdom potentially with Steven Strasburg. So th- that oh man, it's it's one of those things where I I want to believe that he is almost okay with having left it all out there, knowing that physically these are the hurdles that you face as an athlete and you don't get to decide whether or not they go away. You try to clear them, you try to leave them in your rearview mirror, but ultimately if it's just not to be, you don't have much say about that. I think it's unfortunate that his career is basically bracketed 
with massive injury focus because I think it it has gotten to the point where the beginning and the end are now completely wiped away or diminished or whatever because of injury. And it's overshadowed the fact that like there was a prolonged period of time where he did take the ball and was awesome. Like I, I just you have to like it was 2012 to 2019, eight seasons. He averaged 28 starts a season. It's not like he was missing massive chunks of time. I mean, there were seasons where he only there was one season he threw 127 innings, where one where he threw 130. But like more often than not, he made at least 22 starts in each of those eight seasons. Uh, he more than delivered on the hype, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of when he pitched, how good was this pitcher? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know the the original shutdown as it relates to the postseason that garnered like an enormous amount of national attention. I, I am really happy personally as a baseball fan that it culminated in a world series MVP too for him. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just like he was there for the ride on that world series team or like, or was really good during the regular season. And then didn't, it was like, "Eh, he made a start in the world series and sucked. And it's like, no, he was fucking awesome. He was awesome. The whole postseason And like, He's got a sub two ERA. We didn't know it was going to be the end, but like, yeah, I just, I I want people to remember that because he's one of the first people where like I was an adult, basically the entirety of his career. And I remember the entire Steven Strasburg experience. And I just, I hope people remember that there was an extended period of time where he was on the field and really, really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, and not just an injury case before and after. Yeah. That one postseason run pretty much, if you want to talk about legacy, I'd say like saved his legacy and. You really can't shit on Strasburg because no. he's been injured a lot. But like, if you look at his postseason stats, he's Dominant. got a sub two sub two ERA in the postseason, mm-hmm. and he only pitched in three 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 playoffs, which is surprising to me since the Nats were in it so much. And that just goes back to injuries. But that one 2019, I mean, most viable player by far. I I think it's just crazy that a team would ever would ever find themselves in a position to actually be able to capitalize on a decision that was so controversial early made sense. You just didn't think that at the big league level, there was going to be a team that said, you know what? Winning aside, the future is what we care about more right now. The future of this dude is what we care about more right now. And as selfish as that may have looked then, and I can understand it being selfish because you're saying, I want to win. What's going to help us win? Keeping this dude healthy. I don't know if right now is worth what I think could be down the road. And that's why I kind of said it sucks that it didn't pan out that way where there wasn't multiple, multiple appearances and efforts to be able to do that. But if it doesn't culminate in a ring and a World Series MVP, holy fuck. Can we can we just back up, though? Because Joey, Joey mentioned it, and I'm glad he did, but I don't want to breeze by it. He talked about his postseason track record and the sub two ERA and whatever, whatever. Like historically significant postseason dominance of all the people to ever throw 50 innings in the postseason uh, in the last 100 years. The only people with lower career ERAs in Strasburg are Mariano Rivera and Sandy Koufax. Like as good as you can possibly be in the postseason mm-hmm. in he the was. modern era, he was. And most of that came in 2019. And it just so happened that that was the year that culminated in the World Series. Like I just, I don't know. I, he was never going to be the face, like the true face, because he didn't have the personality for that. But in terms of on-field performance, I 
I hope people remember that he delivered. This is one of the dudes that you wish could have experienced the health of a guy like Clayton Kershaw. Like give Absolutely. him that health, give him that longevity and let's see what those numbers look like. Like, yeah, I think he would, he would be in that same class as a Verlander Scherzer, like pitcher of the generation. No doubt. Type guy. No doubt. Because from, from 2012 through 2019, he was 106 and 54. He had a 3.21 ERA. This is in 222 starts. Uh, he threw. He averaged 168 innings per season, and had a 128 ERA plus and a 303 FIP. So 100. He averaged. He almost averaged 200 strikeouts a year. 197. <laughs> 1,579 strikeouts in 1,346 and two-thirds innings. Well, and it's, what, a, it's so funny. It's so funny to look back at the how they saved him. And early in his career, they saved him. They did that with Dell said controversial. They fired the freaking broadcaster because he said Strasburg was like being a wimp and should have pitched through it. Like that was controversial shit. And they shut him down. They saved him. We're saving him. And then at the end... He just sacrificed his whole life to win the World Series for the Nats in 2019. Pitched a shit ton of innings, struck out everyone. They wouldn't have won it without him. And then that was it. Never, that, never healthy again. But that that's why and, I say, like, dude, you know what? If if he I, I hope at some point he will be able to gather perspective that that he's comfortable with or that he's okay with, because that is that's Spartan-esque going out on your fucking shield. This is what I can do. Here's everything I got. And that's why you give it everything you have is for that ultimate payoff, right? Is the ring. The ring. Fuck the money. Fuck the accolades. The ring. That's what I'm after. Yeah. He shouldn't feel an ounce of guilt for taking the hundreds of millions from the Nats and not pitching at all. No. Absolutely not. not. Do, you under, do you understand what you put your body... And look, this is the one thing about baseball that I always try to remind people about, and this is what owners are so pissed about and trying to figure out a way to get around, is in this game, we have always been paid for what it is we have done. Not what it is we will do. We get paid for what it is we have done. And then they project what we will do and put a price tag on that. But ultimately, the price tag is attached, once again to what we have already done. So for Steven Strasburg to write his name on that dotted line should have taken no extra thought, zero hesitation. Why? Because I know I'm going to sacrifice everything I have. I might not be able to hold my child later in life. Playing catch with my child later in life might not be a thing. Being able to get a fucking cup from above my head might not be a thing. Working out, stabilizing, just living a quality of life, that might not be a thing, but you know what is a thing? That motherfucking ring. Mm. Yeah. Well, and almost $400 million. Holla! Right. Oh, Bread it yeah. up, chicken titties! Yeah. I feel like uh, if, this is, if this is it for Steven Strasburg, it's, um, everyone will talk about the, the contract and how it essentially all went went downhill the second that he signed it. But Casuals. this dude has nothing to be ashamed of. Thirty five million a year uh, over seven years, taking home about two hundred and fifty million dollars in his career. So good for him. 
Was he the, um, uh, Jay, do you know this? Was he the last guy to receive a major league contract out of the draft? You know, that's a great question, Dallas. One second. Well, he's looking that up. Got to talk to you about Blue Moon. Because beer is a tried and true baseball tradition, and Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. Had some Blue Moons at Fenway yesterday with Jake. We went and uh, did the interview with Tyler Glasnow, had some lunch together, took down some Blue Moons, watched the Red Sox throw the ball around like a bunch of Little Leaguers, lost another series to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, well, I, I can't say they lost. They're about to lose it today. Um, Shane McClanahan's going to shove it up their ass with a refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one-of-a-kind every time. Get uh, Head on over to shop dot blue moon brewing company.com for baseball merch and visit get dot blue moon beer.com slash rocket to find blue moon delivery options that is get dot blue moon beer.com slash rocket blue moon made brighter celebrate responsibly blue moon brewing company golden colorado ale what do we got jay i haven't found it yet sorry okay all right well jay hey's looking why don't we uh we'll kick it on over to the tyler glasnow interview in which uh took place yesterday and it is the first of, I believe, a couple more interviews to come this week. So we'll, uh, that's another tease. All right, enjoy the interview. All right, you've been waiting three years for this. Some may say four or five. Some may say their whole lives they've been waiting for this. It's my first interview. Not, it's not the first time we've done content together because we did no, the no. rock, paper, scissors. Right, right, which right. I did beat oh, you. Yeah, I remember that was a while I ago. I did beat you. Yeah. Uh, first interview <laughs> with Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, where, are you, where, are you, where are your expectations for this? Like, where is it going to go? Oh, they're high. I know they'll Super be good. High. And yeah, it's high. Every, every bar I've had, I said it's high. It's pretty Almost, high. Yeah. Um, it, I would, so, talking about rankings. Where would you rank me, include your friends and family <laughs> in terms of like, you're not your top supporters. Uh, honestly, it's got to be up there. It's you know gotta I mean? be yeah, up there. it's definitely up there. I feel I I text you after every single start for like the last three years. Yeah, no, it's definitely up there. We I'll just see like yeah, well, yeah. I just hype you up. I know it's the best. I feel support. I feel loved. It's great. I like to, especially to family stuff. Like they'll text me and stuff, and I'll I'll like go through Instagram like random stuff, and they'll just post on like random people's accounts like this my nephew or like something like that yeah. yeah it's definitely yeah it's up there because you're not you're not on twitter no so no. a lot of people think that it's kind of just like a one-sided relationship They're sure like, you're just no of course not you're no. just throwing all this stuff out there to tyler and and he doesn't even see it like no 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 he sees it like, yeah this is something that's uh <laughs> it's deep rooted yeah. um one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about because obviously uh you know you're coming back from the injury and I think people kind of because they see like you're a super nice guy and you're super chill when you're not on the mound, but there is like that competitive nature to you. Yeah. Like what what was it like having baseball taken away from you like again? 
Yeah, it sucks. I think like in the grand scheme of things, like the the bigger picture, like I think I was always able to stay like not super bummed out just because like I'm st- it's a still a good life. You know, it's like it's not that bad. But there are moments for sure where it's just like, especially through the course of like different injuries and like especially the TJ thing that was able I was able to keep that into perspective because it's like, all right, I have like however many months I'll set like my mini goals and whatever. And I think the oblique thing was almost a little bit harder because it was like so unexpected and I felt so good. And then it happened and it was like that annoying two month period. Um, but yeah, that, that one sucked, but yeah, it, it stinks, especially when you're like getting ready and you're doing everything. And like, it's, it's like my livelihood and my job and then you get it taken away from you. And my days are just like rehab and then being bored all day. (laughs) It sucks. Yeah. But you are one of those guys, like I, you know, in, in communicating with players across the league, there are guys that are just like baseball, baseball, baseball. But I feel like you have kind of found a balance where it's your job. It's something that you're passionate about, something that you're really good at, but you're able to separate the two. Like you have baseball, Tyler, and you have, real life Tyler when at what point do you turn that off and on after a start for so I'm like kind of a psychopath like the day I start I just I feel like it's it really is one day a week or whatever like one day every five day that I'm like I'm just I guess I am like different that day it's just like you go through your routine to do everything it'd be exhausting to go through like a whole season like that every single day Mm -hmm. but it is something like it's not even a conscious decision it's just something like the day I'm pitching it's just like I just get like a, a little like edge to me. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just like want to do well. And it's just like, today's my day kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I think it's a mix of like nerves and excitement. And it's like trying to manage the balance of that. And I think it's like, I used to kind of be like, well, whatever, not a big deal. Like trying to fight the nerves away. But now I just kind of embrace them and they just like fully lean into them. And I think that's just kind of like adrenaline. And I'm like kind of trying to embrace it. And But I think it's, it's pretty short after a start. Yeah. I'm kind of just like let it go i think give, give me a few minutes i'll do my arm care and then i'm like all right fucking i'm <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so i think it was passing that had the the little anecdote about the martin screlly thing oh yeah, yeah. was that true <laughs> it was so that was also too i think the way i think i've progressed through the minor leagues and the big leagues like in the minor leagues i was so nervous before every start not in a bad way but like it was really hard for me to manage like the nerves it was like foreign in a sense and like i always felt kind of uncomfortable with it so i had to find i quickly realized like the only way to like the only thing that trumps the like nervous emotion is like anger that's yeah. literally the only it's like you really can't be nervous and angry at the same time yeah so when i was younger i would just try to like fuel my brain with anger and i'm <laughs> yeah. not really an angry dude so it was like tough and i would find like little things throughout the week to try and like save for my start day yeah and for some reason i watched like a documentary and like that was just <laughs> at the moment the thing that i was like wow that guy's kind of a dick and i like and yeah. i just kind of and it's not something I like continued to do, but I remember there was a few starts where I was like, well, good, I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. Like I tried to just feed into it yeah. and it worked. It took away my nerves. And I think now it's, I'm not as like intense in that situation or that kind of thing. But I think there are still like certain starts where I am maybe a bit more like on edge. I'll try to find something that like fucking gets yeah. me going, you know? I think so. CC Sabathia, he later admitted that he, and on every team and every lineup, he would just pick one guy and he would make up like a fake storyline yeah. and be like, I fucking hate yeah. that guy. And it was yeah. Jackie Bradley with the Red Sox. Okay. And he would, if he struck him out, he would scream and like thump yeah. his chest. And it was so confusing for yeah. so long because we were like, what did Jackie yeah. do? Like, Jackie's so nice. Yeah. And he later, he was just like, yeah, I just needed something to like fire me up. Yeah. So when you're trying to harness that, do you ever get to a point where, because I feel like if you get too angry, too amped, now you're not as focused. Now, like your control may not be as pinpoint. Yeah. Is there like a science to it? I think so. I think there's like a, a level with everything. Like if you lean too much on one side, 
it goes to shit. You go the other way, it goes to shit. I think for me though, like I I lean more into like when and like if I I don't really ever get like too angry. I yeah. think so maybe in like a bullpen or something like that. Like I'll get like I'm pretty like a perfectionist, and if I like mess up and I'm out in like a bullpen and like 40 degree weather, just like, like screaming, it's like <laughs> all right, dude, you can calm like, down, relax, bro. Yeah, certain stuff like that might be a little like detrimental to execution but i don't really ever feel like i get like that in a game but it is true like it's weird like dudes i think that's why certain people will watch a, a someone compete or like what's a good example i don't know like some people like we'll sit in the dugout and watch someone out there who like has a bunch of antics and people be like oh that's tired blah blah blah. but for me i personally like i know how hard this game is and certain people are weird they need like weird little things to motivate them and everyone's yeah. just like so unique and i'm like I'm cool with whatever antics anyone needs, unless it's like some crazy shit. But yeah. like, yeah. So like the example would be, and you don't have to say anything, Alec Manoa, because he did it here. Sure. And I like Alec. I met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good dude. He's one of those dudes where it's like, I other other players in the league might be like, fuck that yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. if he's on your team, you're like, I would die for this guy. True. Uh, and he did that to Bobby Dahlbeck, who we know yeah. is one of the nicest Probably, fucking dude. guys. Yeah, he's the best. He's I one love of the that, nicest man. He's guys. the best. So he punched him out here, and then he's screaming at me like, "Shut the fuck down, bitch! Shut the fuck down!" Yeah, and we're all like, "What did he do?" Yeah, like, exactly. He, Bob would yeah. never show anyone up, or like, yeah. I mean, he's got that competitive edge where like he would talk shit, but like, yeah, did not deserve that type no of reaction. Way, yeah. So that's where I was like, you know, when people are saying, "Oh, you know, that that shit is tired," and like, "Who are you to do that to him?" I get it because yeah, you sure. you need to dig deep and sometimes find that inner psycho yeah. to, to to be able to perform at the highest level. Like we're facing some of the best athletes on planet earth. So for me, I know I can't relate. Didn't make it pla uh, past uh, varsity high school baseball, but <laughs> still a good feat though. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> still cranking out in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So like if I'm, if I'm in the gym, right. And I'm trying to do like my heaviest set, there's like a certain song that you can listen to, exactly, but, yeah. but that song doesn't always hold the same charge. Right. Exactly. So like you listen to it a certain amount of times. Like, all right, now I need a new yeah. one that fires me up. So it, for you, how long did like the Martin Screlly, like looking at the picture of him, make you angry to take that out to the mountain? Have you used anything else new since then? Yeah, pro not even that. Probably two, three starts, maybe. That's and, it. And it dwindles. It's like you said, it's a perfect analogy. It's like the song type yeah. of thing. And it's just something, it's just like... It's, I think it all starts when like my beginning of my war. It's like an hour before the game, I'll get on like the bike or the elliptical and like start to get my heart rate up. And like you try to get a little adrenaline going. Yeah. And like it's just so, it like comes into something new comes into your mind or like something I'll find. And it's not as much now. It's it's really only like supplemental in the way that like if I am warming up before I start and I don't feel like I'm as confident as I should be, mm -hmm. I have to find something like manufacture some sort of like I'm angry. Like some, it's <laughs> yeah. like it very it honestly starts out very like forced and then you kind of get into the routine and you kind of turn your brain off and then it becomes something very real sure. in certain starts you don't have it but like as much as i can i'll try to like manufacture it for sure yeah 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 i mean and you've pitched in the postseason as well where that yeah. you don't need to manufacture no anything. not adrenaline i think those are when the nerves start to go up a little bit and then you try to have to like play the like the cocky game in your mind and that's what i mean and the, the example is like so i think sometimes people will like actually like psychoanalyze like oh this guy's being a dick but i'm really like no i get like you, certain people have to do weird things to get like competitive on the mound mm -hmm. and like you said like the people too that have the weirdest antics on the mound those are the ones you ask about and they're like no he's the best dude ever like yeah. they're not actually sh like douchers they're no. just like you need to find something to like get you going and i think a lot of times too people who have the biggest issue with it are position players because one they're the ones like getting whatever like they're competing against a person but like i also don't know it's a different type of like you can't really like 
as a hitter, you maybe need to be a bit more even keel because you sure. can't just be like all up and down every time. But as a pitcher, once every five days, like I think it's hard to maybe understand that like it's such a di you need to tap into something a little bit different than like a hitter does. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you obviously it's probably the same thing for me. I don't watch a ton of baseball content because I'm making it right. If you're in the league, you're probably not consuming what other players are saying in the league. But did you happen to see the Aaron Judge interview that he did with Mookie Betts? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Know. I saw like little like thumbnails or whatever. Because I don't. I try. I like kind of like I'm not gonna. I just. I'm the same way. Why I is just it always look. raining when we're together? <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly. the most it's a sign. <laughs> yeah, it's like a scene from the Notebook every time. Uh, so in I this interview, watch you never saw the Notebook. No, I saw the Notebook. Oh. I've seen the interview. Oh, the interview. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I've seen the Notebook like <laughs> 15 <yeah>. times. <laughs> you kidding me? Um, yeah. So uh, I can't remember exactly how the question was phrased, but it was either like pitcher that you least want to face. Uh, or a pitcher that with like the nastiest shit and the best hitter, arguably on planet Earth, Aaron Judge said you. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Aaron. That's really <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Um, but I've yeah, we face each other a bunch like through the minor leagues. Our our like affiliates yeah, are always all lined up. Arizona Fall League, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. when I like got to know him pretty well, and he's the nicest human being yeah. I've ever met. Like most genuinely cool dude ever. Um, yeah, I feel like he's done. I, I think we've had like a mixed bag of of stuff. You know, I think he's done well, and like I've done relatively well against him too. But yeah, he. I don't like facing him. It's like uh, he's, anyone's he's very good. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Thank you. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. That's awesome though. That's super nice of him. Yeah, he. Uh, that is. That's kind of like a huge nod. But like at the same time, I didn't go back and look at the numbers. Like I don't how, even know. how he played appearances. We'll we'll look that up. We'll yeah. put a, we'll put a graphic at the bottom I don't here. Know. We can dissect it the next time. Um. But yeah, I think for, so the opposite question for you, like who's who's the guy that you like to because they Mookie was like, I'm not going to say which pitcher do you like facing the least because it, or, or no, the guy that you have the most success against because he's like, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Like and so who is the guy, I guess, on that side of the spectrum for you? Who's good? Who like I don't like facing? Yeah. Xander was always so good. Yeah. He just always was like locked in. I don't have to worry in. about that anymore. Yeah, I know. Right. There you go. <laughs> I was like, sweet. All right. He's not in this <laughs> league anymore. Um Definitely, like, Xander was always, like, I, he was on, like, a different, like, I don't know. I, like, certain times with certain hitters, like, when you get ahead, it's not like the give up, but I think it's, like, the, you just, your odds of getting them out are much higher. And, like, for him, he was always just so locked in and, like, always had such a good approach, never yeah. really got off of it. And just his bat-to-ball skills were always really good. I, like, I feel like him, I've only faced Soto a few times, but I always remember him being good. Turner. Probably Xander, though, if I had to think of someone. Xander, okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. because the sample size is probably higher than yeah, most Yeah, and guys. I face him so many times, and I think I think that's why I chose that. I just think like the evolution of like when you face someone over a few times, certain dudes don't adjust, and you can get them out the exact same way. Yeah. But for him, it was like you, he would just change up his approach, or like if I was attacking him a certain way, it's like almost like he'd know, and then he was just, I don't know, he's always good in the zone, and he's just a good hitter. So you're 6'8"? Six, 6'7". Six, I don't know what like I think in, in like high, coming out of high, something I like someone asked me or it was like you put Imagine six eight on like one article. Inch. Yeah, I'm like exactly. yeah, like I'm like five eleven. Yeah. When yeah. you're younger, you're like yeah, I'm a little taller than I am, but I'm, no, I'm like six seven. Six seven. So when you're growing up, when did you reach six seven? What age? I think after like first year after high school, I was like six six maybe senior year, and I grew like a little bit. I think my like junior year to senior year, I grew the most, or sophomore year to junior year, I was like six two, and then I was like six six and a half by the time I graduated. So when you're working with pitching coaches, or even growing up as a young baseball fan, you're not really able to look at the mechanics of other guys and take something from here and take something from right. there because 
who's who during like your era of growing up like who was the comparable it was like randy johnson was tall but he was lefty yeah uh like because for for a guy with your reach you're basically delivering your fastball to the catcher's mitt from yeah. the mound that's what i think too in that regard it's like i'm kind of unique in like the way i throw and like how long my limbs are like when I, I think there's times when you struggle as a pitcher, you do like every pitcher can relate. You'll go on like YouTube or something and be like mechanical breakdowns of this guy. <laughs> yeah. like, I think when I'm looking at mechanical breakdowns of other pitchers, I know I'm not in a good spot. Like <clears throat> I know that I'm unique in a way to where like it's very much an athletic feel based thing. But I used to go and look at like Randy Johnson videos, but he's so much different in the fact that like he didn't really get down the mound. He was like a little across and he was like really like uh, he didn't get much extension. He just threw a billion from like kind of higher up yeah but there wasn't really anyone that i could like go and like look at and, and mimic but yeah when i'm good i'm just not thinking of that at all anyway when i'm out there and i'm like what am i doing with my right foot i'm like i'm being an idiot like <laughs> yeah. i just gotta let go and just like throw and be athletic yeah so uh, your bread and butter fastball curveball but have you like the, the, the sweeper has been a thing for a long time they just kind of like it became popularized this year. Have you looked into that? Like, have you been someone that's like, hey, like, because I know a lot of guys that have tried it out this year or last year, the first few that they threw were awful and yeah. some guys just didn't stick with it. But the ones that did were like, holy shit, like this is this yeah. is a, a weapon for me. Like, have you tinkered with it at all? Like a more of like a left right curveball? Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, it's like a it's like a slider that just has crazy. Horizontal I have a slider, play. but it's very much like on the zero zero axis. Like it's it's kind of like a gyro and it just kind of like. So basically, uh, if you look at like a plot, my heater's like up here sliders in the middle point and then my curveballs all the way down here. So I have like a nice mixture of like I'm I'm through the board. Yeah. For me, a sweeper, I think it's, it all depends on arm angle. So I'm, I'm a dude that's like over the top. So for me, I don't know if I could get my hand in the place to get it to like, and I, I, my curveball sometimes does get a little left, right. And that's when I don't, I don't like it. So I think if I were to add something that's more left, right, it would take away from like my up down type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it all depends on like arm angles and stuff. Like certain dudes, the way they release a ball, like they're not going to be able to do a lot of I stuff. I call him breaking ball Jesus. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> and he's so good because he's so like, he's never late and his extension is like, he's so on time. Like he's so quick and short here that he can just, he's like throwing darts. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, I love watching him pitch. This dude's a freak. Yeah, he, every time he comes in, he's just absolutely throwing Frisbees every single time. Yeah, he's gross. Uh, so I just learned maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes ago that you're no longer homeless. Yeah, I, I have a home. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. yeah, thank you. That was one of my favorite Tyler Glasnow fun facts is that you were basically homeless. <laughs> yeah. Like you, yeah. You would play yeah. the baseball season and then in the off season you would just go. Yeah. Like how would you how would you pick your destinations? Where's your where's your favorite place that you traveled to? Did you ever get stressed about not having a home? <laughs> not really. So I think minor leagues is like uh, like conditions you from as like a small kid to just be like i don't need a home like because you're <laughs> yeah. just in hotels all the time and then you're like taking these like shitty bus rides all around the country and like sleeping on the bus and then like you can sleep anywhere you know what i mean like i learned how to like live out of a suitcase very comfortably and now if i have like more than two suitcases i'm like this is awful like <laughs> yeah. i don't like collecting stuff into like that's the only downside about having a house you just like slowly get stuff and like all right i'll leave it in this room and then after a while you're like i have too much stuff <laughs> yeah so no, but yeah, I don't know. I miss that kind of <laughs> like just being able to jump around. But the way I would choose them was just being like, that seems fun. And like, I'll just go there. And it would be like California because I grew up in Santa Clarita. One year would be like Manhattan Beach. And then I'd go to Newport. And then I'd go to like 
New York for a couple of years in the off season. And then like, it was kind of just like, and then I would travel a bunch through there and it's easy as a baseball player before you start throwing, like all you need to do is have like a good gym and I could just go anywhere and like mm -hmm. do my, and I'm such a, like a weirdo with working out. So I would like never miss a day. Mm -hmm. And then when you start throwing, that's when you have to kind of stay local. But it's like, until then you can kind of just bounce around. That is, that's kind of crazy. Cause like, if you think about it, I'm sure most people are saying, oh, like, yeah, you, like, that's so crazy that he could just like live out of his suitcase and not have a home for an entire offseason. That's like you're, that's just an extended vacation. But then you factor in you're a professional athlete, you're yeah. a pitcher, there's arm care, there's workouts, right. like you're, you're throwing. How, how did you manage that? Like, it's I, not, it's, that's the thing. People are always like, what? I'm like, think about. All right. So a workout. A, like a good workout and I have it like tailored and programmed to myself specifically and I've been doing this for so long to where like I finally like created like the perfect like uh, you know yourself and you work with all these like really good PTs and people throughout the years like you develop like a really good program yeah gyms are pretty universal throughout the country you bring your own bands or they'll have them there and yeah. it's like a, a good workout takes two and a half hours plus bands and plus weighted balls like at the most you're spending three and a half hours plus recovery let's say four like yeah. hot tub sauna all that stuff cold tub that's not that much hours in a day. And I like truth. My favorite thing in the world is like waking up and working out and doing all that. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like the only responsibility I have. So it's like, you wake up, get that out of the way. And the rest of the day, it's like, all right, I can chill and do what I want. So say you wake up at nine, four hours later, 10, 11, 12, one, you know what I mean? Like I have so much of the day. Like it's really, it's, I think in terms of time management, it's not that like my job is not very hard. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I don't have to, I don't, I'm not doing like administrative. So I don't have to go home and like do my taxes and yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like I, it's all that stuff. I really don't have that much stuff to do. Yeah. So, and I wish I had more to be honest, cause the off season can get kind of boring. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, for me too. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I just kind of sit there and catch up on like documentaries and shows. And yeah. Stuff. That's what I mean. It's like, what am I going to watch now? And everyone's like, you're probably so busy. I'm like, yeah, really? I'm, I'm just like <laughs> sit and watch Netflix for six hours and like foam roll and stretch. Like that's all I have to do. Like, so yeah. Uh, so I've never been to the trot before. Nice. Um, <laughs> what would you say to someone that's never been there? Like what, what, what do I need to check out? Like where should I sit? Like, do you have any Ooh. advice for someone? I've never sat up in the stands, but probably like behind home plate. But like those seats are nice behind home plate. Any kind of thing around the rim of uh -huh. like the infield. Yeah. Those are pretty sick. Randy Land's pretty sick because if you get to home or you get free oh, alcohol. That's Friday night, that's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm planning it around one of your starts. Oh, I'm nice. not going to go for a Red Sox series. I'll probably do like some weekend that the Red Sox are on the road. I'll go down to the Trop and plan it on like a, a Friday night. You okay. start. Yeah, there you go. It's a good idea. It's honestly, it's been it's been sick this year, especially too. Like, there's been more fans. I think the pitch clock's probably added to that. Like, you don't really go to the game now and, and don't know. You're like, well, I spend two hours or four hours here. Yeah. So people have been staying longer. It's been packed out. I think Randy and like all that like stuff has really helped out. He but, rode the wave from the World oh, Baseball yeah. Classic. Oh, like, right after that. Yeah, he's yeah. still riding it, dude. He's, it's been <laughs> yeah. amazing. But yeah. it's it's a good vibe over there now, and it's like it's air conditioned too, which is super sick. Very nice. That's always nice. Um. But yeah, it's, I, I like it. It's a good little area around it, too. So my theory is that when I grew up, it was basically uh, a lot of people from up north that grew up Red Sox fans, Yankees fans, Phillies fans. They all migrated down south to Florida and they kept rooting for their their teams. But yeah. then they had kids. Right. And now exactly. these kids are growing up as Rays fans because the Rays have been good since 2008. Yeah. Like if you were born in 2008, I don't even know. What's that math? I don't know. You're you're old enough to be a baseball fan. That yeah. Can afford to go to a baseball game. at this Exactly. Point. Yeah. So how since the t since you've been there, how have you noticed the change in like actual Rays fans showing up versus half of our crowd is uh, the opposition's home fans? 
It's definitely changing. I think like no matter what, I think in any stadium you go to like New York and LA and like those really big markets with like a really like huge pass, they're always going to have a lot of fans there. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've definitely noticed it. I noticed it more around like towns and so, like if you look at the TV ratings too, like a lot of people watch the games. Like we're in the top 10, I think of like viewership. Yep. So I think it's just like within location and a lot of those fans are in Tampa, like the way to get to the stadium, it's a bit hard and there's a lot of traffic and like yep. I live in Tampa and like I, so I kind of understand the traffic getting back. Um, but I notice it more like walking around town and like so many of the fans are young and like, so, like just meeting people around, like there's a, re- there's like a really strong following amongst younger people. And you're exactly right with like, I just think now that people who, yeah, like the new kids who've grown up and like have that like nostalgic feel for the Rays, it's starting to good like, every but, year. yeah, exactly. And I think it's just getting better and better and better. And I think, especially with the fans like this year, it's like a noticeable difference. It's sick. Last question. Uh, you can take from, so you throw out a pitch from your repertoire, mm-hmm. throw that one away and then take the same pitch from another pitcher in the league. So you can ditch the changeup, take someone else's changeup. I'll fastball. ditch my changeup because I have to ass. Well, you, can, you, can, you can ditch whatever pitch it. you right. want right. and take the same from anyone else in the league. Oh, let me think. So I would take. I would say, depending on the day, de- like I love my fastball, but depending on if I'm like behind it or not, I would say like, dude, who's got like, like I don't know, like Ron. Garrett Cole's heater, like uh, who's got the Hunter best? Green or, or um. Classe's Peter. That's what I would trade. Like yeah, I would change mine the dude with in his. Minnesota. He throws. Yeah, yeah that's like a good one too. Yeah, <laughs> I would say his. I'll change. My, I love my fastball. I got a lot of confidence in it. But like a hundred and five with a little, I'd probably choose that. Or I would change my slider out with like JAs. I'd keep my curveball for sure. J slider, or I'd change out my heater with like Class A or like or Duran or someone Just like be that. Be able to add seven miles per hour. Yeah. Or no, a, I'm changing. I'm taking my changeup out and. Um, and uh, da, 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 da. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know. Uh, what's his face with the Dodgers? Sinker, 103. Why am I Gratterall? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would change. Yeah, I would get rid of. So I need a pitch that goes the other way, and my changeup sucks. So I would change that, and I would take his 103 <laughs> his the other way. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Duran throws 101 mile an hour sinkers. All right, find him. I choose him. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what that guy's yeah. got, like that's the answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I guess when in doubt, just throw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. All right, Tyler Glass now, Tampa Bay Rays. The first of many. The first yeah. of many. Yeah, Sweet. we got to do this. Again. When it's I come fun. down to Tampa, we'll we'll do one down there. Well, because you owe me from the rock paper scissors. You're oh, spo- I do. Yeah, I do. You got to go in the race tank. What did we end up saying I was supposed to do? And you're supposed I, oh, to the go, race tank. You're supposed to go in the race tank. I'll but do in it. solidarity, yeah. I'll do it with you. Okay, let's we'll do, do it. We'll do an interview. Yeah. In the race tank. All right. Yeah. All right. Done. Oh, that's cool. All yeah. Right. Thanks right. so much. Sweet. Thank you to Tyler Glasnow for taking the time. Great guy. Fucking love Tyler Glasnow. Quality human. Amazing guy. Quality human. Quality pitcher. Uh, oh, okay. It's confirmed. Red Sox designate Ramel Tapia for assignment. Okay. Uh, that's surprising to me. <clears throat> um, what next does that mean up. for the Red Sox? Yeah. What does that, what huh? does that mean for the Red Sox? Means that uh, it doesn't. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. We're gonna take <laughs> quick, quick stock of the Red Sox right now, or no, no. We're just the, we're mediocre. I'll tell you what it means. What it, it, it means that <laughs> Adam Diabetes Duval is coming back, baby, Whoa, and yeah, he's yeah. still on pace to hit fifty six homers, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> the guy can't be stopped. Yeah, he is coming back. He's already socked like three homers on his rehab stint. So everyone's like, oh, you know, he's he got he broke his wrist and he had the surgery. And like, is he who's he going to be when he comes back? He's played in like four rehab games. He's got like seven home runs. Uh, so we'll see. 
We'll see. Because Jaron Duran is not uh, hitting well this month. I think he's hitting like a buck 85 after setting the world on fire in April. So I think maybe that's the corresponding move for Duvall. They're, they're probably going to option Duran and activate Duvall. And then you get Trevor Story coming back soon. They're painfully mediocre. But I mean, it's I, I can't necessarily complain. I, I want them to be better, but they're not. Like when they get a guy back, they lose another guy. It's like, yeah, like we lose Duvall, but then Duran's doing great. And now Duran's not doing good. Oh, but Duvall's back. And, and it's like, oh, you know, uh, you got Garrett Whitlock's in the rotation, but oh, no, he's hurt now. Chris Sale's pitching great. No, no, he's hurt now. It, it's just, it's it's been a roller coaster of emotions, but you're just, it's being a Red Sox fan right now is baseball purgatory. Like, I feel it's like, very hard to feel anything at all. I feel like, like you can't you guys- feel depressed because you suck because you don't suck. You can't feel great because you're crushing it because you're not crushing it. You're just kind of there. And then that's I would argue that that's the worst place to be is just right smack dab in the middle. Well, you could probably and this is me just assessing things from afar. Um, I don't know what you think. You're like maybe a, another middle of the like a, middle of the order battle away from being good. No, no, not a, no, not a, no, I'm not a bowler. I'm not putting put a name on it. I'm not putting a name on it. I was, I was looking at the MLB Twitter account and I saw Michael Walker and Nathan Evaldi were pitchers of the month. Maybe those guys would help. I was watching Sunday Night Baseball and I saw JD Martinez hit another home run. He's been pretty good this year. Maybe he would help you on your team. Joe, it's it's that easy, Joe. It's that. It's that easy. <laughs> well, I've saying. always said this about the Red Sox, man. I think they're one right arm reliever away from being first place team, and they we just called up Kyle of uh, Caleb Ort back up. So <laughs> things are looking good. That's it, Joe. They got their reliever, and to Jared's point, I was going to mention maybe they do need a middle of the order bat, someone with an OPS around nine twenty nine, someone who's maybe hit thirteen or so homers. Someone sitting on the 40 RBI mark, that could probably help. And then, Jared, you conveniently mentioned the fact that two former Red Sox did happen to win American League and National League Pitcher of the Month awards, respectively. I didn't, I wasn't going to bring that up. I was just wondering where you thought there could be mm-hmm. some help injected into the team. And you, as always, re- responded right on target, man. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. shout out to, it would definitely help to have those guys and Waka. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to have those guys on the team. Yeah, but I I remember in the offseason, like I was the asshole for being like, why? Why are we moving on from these guys? And the reaction was, you need to let it go, bro. Just because they're your they're buddy buddy with you doesn't mean that they're good players. Like, OK. <clears throat> All right. Fine. No, Rymel Tapia. Here you go. All right. Thanks yeah. for answering. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, should we get into the baseball is dead parlay? Mm-hmm. Let's Ooh. do that. So I'll, I'll just I'll go last because my okay. pick... I'll go first. My pick is Shane McClanahan to slice and dice against the fucking Boston Red Sox. You go ahead and get that plus 120 action on Shane McClanahan to be the pitcher of record taking a W home. That would wow. be my, yeah, that's right. Taking a W a home, shot. he will be the winning pitcher of record. Winning pitcher of record, plus 125, winning pitcher of record. Why? Well, because I think my man Bello 
Um, ERA. Bayo. Yeah, same thing. ERA. Him too. ERA not great in the first inning. ERA not great in the fifth inning. And I feel like if if he's going to go through both of those innings, then maybe there might be a chance for the Tampa Bay Rays, who have a decent offense, to do a little damage, maybe a little earlier in the game. And uh, that could probably be enough for Shane McClanahan, who's throwing the ball fairly well. Nah. No. Yeah. So that's mine. Thanks for asking. Stupid pick. Joey? Uh, Let's get something. I think I'm going to go with a Nicholas Castellanos. Let's just hit him with a single. You know, something safe. Something safe. You know, he's been on fire lately. He's got a great matchup against the Tigers, against Joey Wentz. I think he keeps the train going. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits five hits. But you know he's going to get one. So just one hit. That's all we need. That's one hit. Jay, hey. So am I not allowed to pick anything from Philly's Tigers? No, I think you are. Yeah, you can. Jake, can we get a ruling? Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay, great. I wanted to take um, Philly's minus 1.5, which is minus 120. Nola against Nola on the Joey yeah. Wentz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tigers offense has three runs in the last three games. There you go. Um. So here, here's what here's my thought process and how this all came to be with this pick. So I'm I'm doing some research on the Texas Rangers, and we'll get into that in a second. But they're just they're crushing it across the board in all kinds of offensive categories. So I was like, all right, let, let me let me look at who the Rangers are playing today. Oh, St. Louis Cardinals. Who are they going up against? Oh, Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright's got a 6.15 ERA, and he's a righty. All right, let, let's look at who the Texas Rangers' best offensive threat is against. Right-handed pitching. Mm. It's Marcus Simeon. So I was like, all right, uh, for, for further context, when I make this pick, I'm going to pick Marcus Simeon to get a hit. Uh, he's the best uh, offensive player against righties on uh, the best offensive team in baseball right now. So then I go to his uh, game log and I was like, all right, has he been hot recently, though? Like, I don't want to I don't want to like pick him. But then Rangers fans are tweeting at me being like, oh, no, he's you know, he's hitting a buck seventy nine over his last 12 games. So I'm looking at the hit column. And I start scrolling up and I'm like, wait a second. I was like, am I reading this wrong? And I kept scrolling, scrolling, scrolling to find the last time that he went hitless in a game. And uh, it was May 10th <laughs> or excuse me, May 9th. He's uh, he's got a 23 game hitting streak going. And before that offer, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six. So he had a six-game hitting streak, went hitless, and then had a, is now currently riding a 23-game hitting streak. And over that 23-game hitting streak, he's hitting 327 with a 938 OPS. Um, so I feel like I have to go Marcus Simeon to get a hit today. We're going to ride the wave for that 24-game wow. hitting streak that I you- just found out about this morning. You better pray to God. War, I think, right? Better pray you to God better that pray doesn't to God that he gets a hit today. Because <laughs> if he doesn't, all the Rangers fans are going to come out of the woodwork co office and they're going to say, it's all your fault that he didn't get a hit today. co office You better hope so. And I'm going to tell him. You better him. hope so. I'm going to tell him that his streak, if, his shot at Joe D. they don't know about your pick, who's going to let him know, co I'm going to let him know. I will. Don't bet against I'm going to let him know, co Never bet against the Rangers. I tried. Didn't work out for me. But I do need to make a correction because I just found out you cannot bet on Castellanos to get a hit. Uh, 
because it's such a lock. He's at what, minus. He's at uh, it's a you got to you got to bet two hits. And I don't. I'm not the type of guy. I think he probably gets two hits, but I like playing it safe. I'm gonna go. Nicholas Cassiano's single. We're just gonna bet a single. We just need one single, and you get better odds. We're gonna make more money. Nicholas Cassiano's single. That's eligible, right, Jake? You got. How many hits do you got to bet him, Jake? How many hits do we got to bet him? <laughs> oh, Joey, I can see your life spiraling with your degenerate gambling habits. How many hits do we got to bet him? <laughs> I wouldn't bet that many hits. Bet those hits. <laughs> bet those hits. <laughs> He's going to hit a single. He's going to hit a single. Okay. Uh, well... Did a little digging on the Texas Rangers this morning. They're good. And uh, here, here's the numbers. So, by the way, if you if you didn't tune into any Texas Rangers baseball over the weekend, they won in a shutout on Friday, two nada. Uh, they on Saturday, sixteen to six, and then closed it out. Closed out the sweep of the Seattle Mariners with a twelve to three victory. Uh, Nathan Avaldi once again just doing the damn thing. The pitcher of the month. Wow. Woo! Woo! Oh yeah, baby. Nathan Avaldi, the pitcher of the month, goes six one-hit shutout innings with seven strikeouts. Right, but dating back to April 29th. So coming into April 29th, Nathan Avaldi had made five starts. He had a 5.20 ERA. And then on April 29th, he threw a complete game shutout against the New York Yankees. So in the seven starts since then, an 068 ERA, 52 and two thirds innings, 46 strikeouts, uh, opponents hitting just a buck 53 against them with a 426 OPS and two complete games. And the Texas Rangers in those seven starts, six and one, six and one. One for old nasty Nate, the fucking the Texan. Jake, you loving this Evaldi uh, season that he's having right now? Super happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> the game that he lost, Joe. Not that he lost, that the Rangers lost. Seven innings, three earned runs, five strikeouts, gave up two bombs. That was against the Atlanta Braves back on May 17th. Yeah, same. we did the same thing to a... Uh... Gallon, you know, these guys, yeah. they think they're good. They played the Braves and they're not anymore. It's funny that works. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, so I didn't even mention the numbers. Okay. The numbers are after uh, beating the brakes off the Seattle Mariners this past weekend, the Texas Rangers lead Major League Baseball in run differential plus 152. Batting average, 278. On base percentage, 345. Runs scored, 376. They are second in slugging percentage, 461. And OPS, 806. Their starting pitchers are second in Major League Baseball in ERA, 320. Third in WHIP, 114. And they're also eighth in the big leagues and outs above average. They can hit. They can pitch. They can play defense. It's a good team. And they got Bruce Bochy on the ones and twos. Uh, there is at this point we're in we're in June now. Is is there anyone here that thinks the Texas Rangers will somehow not make the postseason 
Or are you are you picking the Houston Astros to still come back and win this division? Entering play today on Monday, the Texas Rangers are 38 and 20. They have a three and a half game lead over the Astros. Anybody? <laughs> you lagged out, but I think you asked us if we if we think that we, the, the Rangers are legit. I'm asking. I mean, does anyone have the Astros winning the division still? Yes. Does anyone have? You do. Yeah, we all do. I don't know not if sp- I do. Not to speak for everybody else, but everyone on the podcast thinks that the uh, Astros are going to win the division. I can say that confidently. Does anyone disagree with that? I think I'm off. <clears throat> I, I, I'm I think flirting. I mean, with the, I'm dipping I my toe I can't in the say water, it confidently. Thinking about swimming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for an. I can't I'm, say I, it I'm, like I said, I'm a toe in the water, testing it, wondering how far the distance between my raft and the next one is, and whether or not I want to make that swim. That's where I'm at right now. Because the Rangers are giving me every reason to say, look, we've got, we've got room on this raft. It's. We, we've got a little shade on this raft as well. Don't, don't think the water is as choppy ahead of us. You might want to, you might want to think about coming over and hanging out on this raft. And I'm, I'm, I'm liking what they're, what they're selling right now. I just, man, it's hard to, it's hard to get off of one raft, i.e. the, the Houston Astros until they, until they prove that they are just a shade of who they were. Because I still think they have great opportunities with their roster to to just kind of forge ahead. So Jared brought up the run differential, and MLB Network had a great stat where they looked at run, uh, largest run differential through 58 games, which is obviously where we stand now uh, in the live ball era. And they have the fourth best run differential, and all of the top five teams prior to them went on to win the World Series. So it may be, maybe the question is less, are they going to win the division? And it's, is this team a legitimate World Series threat? Um, the only teams, and, and by the way, the only teams that have put up a better run differential over that stretch are the 29 A's, the 39 Yankees, and the 36 Yankees. So it's no one recently um, has been better. So I... I, I'm tempted yet yeah, to switch at this point, which would be the second division that I've switched already this season, which I don't feel great about. But um, <laughs> I'm a lot closer to doing it than I was uh, at this point last season. Uh, at this point last week, when I think we discussed it as well. Wow! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer it up. I'm gonna offer up the option to switch today, and all sales are final. You're locked in in the AL West after today to switch from the Houston Astros to the Texas Rangers to win the division. Jay Hayes taking it. Dallas? Jay Hay, are you taking it? I, uh... Man. Man. Dallas, you have the fucking balls for once. Because we're... Because, uh... Do you have the fucking balls? I'm not taking it yet. I'm not taking it yet. Astros, Jay Hayes not taking it. No, no, I'm not well, I mean, you, there's no yet. Today is it's, all sales final. Oh, 
Oh, wait, but you and it will never be offered again. No, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, uh, never wow. to be offered. Today again. is the cutoff. I'm offering you a switch from the Astros to the Texas Rangers to win the division. Do you take it? Mm. I'm not moving. Wow. I'm not moving. I'm not budging. Wow. I'm not budging. I feel like the Astros are confident what they have now. And I said this earlier, if they feel like there's going to be a threat, that they will probably shore themselves up roster wise when it's necessary. Until then, they're in a position of strength. They can play this out until the summer and make an evaluation from there. Because again, remember, the division is great. You'll like the division. I, I'm sure they would love to win the division for the reasons of being set up in the postseason more advantageously. But ultimately, you don't have to win the division to win the World Series. So mm. I think the Astros will do enough. And when the time comes, should reinforcements be necessary, they will make those moves and they'll be the Houston Astros. And the Texas mm. Rangers will have fought valiantly to second place. Okay. Joey? You know, I'm sticking with Houston Astros. Wow. Bunch of pussies on this podcast. They're just, they're a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yo, by the way, shout out to Corey Seager, who I think some of that missed time has obscured how fucking awesome Corey Seager has been. Because mm-hmm. if you set the minimum to 100 plate appearances, the only hitter in baseball has been better is Aaron Judge. Um, That's pretty Jay, good. Did, did, did you definitively decide? No, I'm I'm sticking with the Astros. Sticking with the Astros. What are you, Jared? My pick? Mm-hmm. Cowboy. <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> I'm picking them Texas Rangers, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Them Texas Rangers are going to go out there. <laughs> they are fucking heading out west. Is this kid They're, they're winning that Christ. fucking division. Kidding me? This team, these Texas Rangers, kid, it is something different this year. Bruce Bochy, he is leading us to the promised land. It's going to be something. Strap in. Strap in and get ready for a once-in-a-lifetime ride to the top of the AL West. It's just a fact. Got to tell you, you're really, you're really moving me right now. And I'm headed out west because I want to be a yeah, I mean, so people, you, you guys are gonna look like fucking idiots at the end of the season. Some, some call Kid Rock the songbird of our generation. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> when he stuck to sports. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm interested to see what, what, what we get out of Degrom. Because yeah. has anyone heard anything about him coming no. back? So they're saying he's coming back, but they won't say when, and it's like. With the Grom, you never know what that like, means. Hey, like, like, never, he, you never get a straight answer with this guy. And here's something to think about too, Joe. Um, I don't want to think about a potential letdown 
Should DeGrom not come back? Should DeGrom only come back for a short time and maybe encounter something else? Like that can be a, that can be a bit of a wrench. That can be a, you know, that can be a stick in the spoke. And now you're searching for how things are going to fall in line after that. You're trying to tell everybody in the room, like, it's okay. It's okay. We've got an answer for not having Jacob deGrom. And well, we'll find out if that's true, but that's a, that's a tough sell job. If you think you're going to have them. And then maybe you do have them, but but now you don't have them. Well, what's the future look like without them? Like I, I just feel like that's an emotional roller coaster for a team to ride. Yeah. Well, now is your chance to get tickets to go see the first place best team in baseball, Texas Rangers. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Uh, Shout-out to Game Time because actually... uh, What's his name? Darius Rucker. Got Darius Rucker tickets for my mom. Uh, I don't even know when that... I think it's coming up. Your mom's putting on a show? Excuse me? Your mom's putting on a show? No, no. She'll be at the Darius Rucker show. Oh, I thought you got Darius tickets to your mom's show. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Forget, <laughs> Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Wow. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are set directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. That's J-A-R-E-D. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. I'm attracted to a lot of different guys. All right. Um, <laughs> once, uh, you know what? Let's talk about the Yankees for a second. Let's talk about the Yankees for a second. Because uh, there's a couple different things going on. First of all, my guy, Judgy, might have a broken toe. From the, from the inner, from what's what happens when you run through fucking concrete pillars. This guy's running through fucking brick walls out there. Yeah. Well, as a chain link fence, but it was, uh, but, you know, l- l- no, let's, let's not, let's, <laughs> Hey, there might hey, be, there, hey. how many other humans outside of the guy on his team run through, like hit the wall hard enough where that happens. Like most guys are fucking bouncing off that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You're not falling through this thing. That's just a, like supposed to be able to sustain like thousands of pounds worth of force. Like. That's Aaron Judge top flight through a fucking wall in the outfield for you. I mean, if you watch the play live, you're expecting like, oh, man, like he's probably going to have a, sh- a sore shoulder tomorrow. At no point did I see like a I mean, I haven't watched it back since learning about the toe. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of scuttlebutt on the streets right now that it's broken and they know that it's broken, but that they're getting another x-ray. 
And then I, I got my because, I mean, obviously, we've, we've got sources close to Judgy. Uh, they're saying that they don't know anything about that. So uh, I, we're going to have to wait today. Again, today's Monday. So we're going to have to wait for more information on that. Uh, there's nothing confirmed. Just a lot of scuttlebutt out in the streets right now. I think the quote last night, um, I, we were, we've confirmed that it's Brian Hoke. Brian Hoke. Like Coke. Aaron Judge, when asked if he feels like he has a broken toe, it's tough to say, you know, I've never broken a toe. So we'll see. We'll see what the tests say. I don't want to throw anything out there just yet. And as someone who's broken their toe before, I've done that. And then I forget what I did. I think it was like 2018, 2019. I know we were still in HQ2 when it happened. I thought I broke my toe again. But it was just like a really bad sprain. So I don't. I, I'm with Judgy on this one. It's hard to tell if your toe is broken or not. There's nothing you can really do about it. You just tape the toe to the next toe. That's it, buddy over. system. And, buddy system. Yeah, yeah. You just tape that shit up. But I'm not saying that he's going to be able to go out there and play with a broken toe if it is broken. <laughs> uh, if you break a toe, you're probably looking at what four to six, four to six weeks. Well, the, I mean, oh. if we're if we're being serious about this right now, it's really dependent on which toe we're talking. Big toe. And which big toe are we talking about? Is it his right big toe? Is it his big toe? Do we know that? We, we don't. Uh, well, I don't. Oh, okay. We don't know which toe. Chat GPT that. Because well, I'm going to tell you right now, the only toes I would <laughs> give a shit about are the big toe or the toe that we will eventually start being born without, which is the pinky toe. Because uh, it, it does us no good. It's just the last line of defense for balance if you're... It is his right big toe. Okay. We do know that. So we do know that. So then that could be problematic. That could be extremely problematic. Because now you have now we're talking about the ability to generate force, right? This is his back leg. We talk about back legging baseballs. We talk about working from the ground up in the game of baseball. This is his backside. This is where power comes from. If he can't rotate on that backside, if he can't squish the bug, well then. <laughs> Shit starts to hurt a little. Things start to compromise. You start to create bad habits because what happens is you have to compensate to get yourself in a position to attack the baseball. And if it's not the same position you've been employing and it's not a confident position, you start to develop bad habits to try to just get the job done. So that's why this could be a little more problematic if it is broken, if it if it is a thing for all of those reasons I just mentioned. This is actually something I can speak to very well because um, a couple of years ago, uh, my toe went numb and I was concerned that I had adult onset diabetes, but it turns out that it was just the nail digging into the toe. And so I clipped the nail out and we solved that problem. So maybe he should give that a try. So you had a hangnail. Fuck toes. They're overrated. (laughs) Imagine the relief after you got off WebMDB. And diagnosed yourself yeah. with adult Didn't onset diabetes. diabetes and then just clipped your toenails and were like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a close one. <laughs> it was like three, it was like three weeks of drama. Here, here three I, weeks of toe drama. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose my yeah. foot. <laughs> this toe is causing chaos in my life. Well, I hope Judgy's okay. Last night on Twitter, I offered up my toe for him. Um to which a lot of people said, hey, little guy, I don't know if your toe is going to be big enough for Aaron Judge's foot. To which I say, that's fair. Mean, not necessary to say to a nice gesture. But I think he's like a size 16 or something. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got, he's got 
you would need to lop your entire foot off to attach to his big toe <laughs> so that he can fucking get around. I just have, I got average size feet. He's got he's got he's got well above average size feet. It's a nice gesture, you, is it not? You've never had to pay full price for tennis shoes. That's not true. <laughs> I have the most. I'm gonna Google it right now. What do you? What would you guess is the most common shoe size? What's the, from, the average? Like, shoe size for u.s no, men 11 like and a half it's around 10 and a half I, so it's not 11 he's like a 16 or whatever the fuck it's crazy how brutal would that be shoe shopping but fuck that yeah like if you go on any we can't name sneaker apps on here for free but if you go on any sneaker app and you click on those big ass sneaker sizes. Thousands of more dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive being big. Yes. I got to get all my Stop. shirts custom made Stop. because of my Stop. fucking Stop. traps and Stop. my lats are out here. Yeah. My lats are out here, but my waist is in here. No, you're like a. You know how hard it is to find a shirt that fits me? I'm the exact opposite. <sighs> You are. My waist is out here, and my and my traps. You're an, uh, you're you're just a triangle. They just collapse on. They just collapse on themselves. Yeah. yeah. The the yeah. Yeah. Then you factor in the shoulders. I mean, I'm trying to are, do like a depiction of the shoulders, but they don't done? fit in the frame. You fucking you done. Yeah. I mean. Whew. So, speedy recovery to Judgey Joe. Any words for our for our boy? I didn't tip the cap, but your life on the line there for the Yanks. That's what a mm-hmm. captain does. I think he'll be back quickly because he's the captain. Yeah. And, you know, last year I kind of like gave people people say, oh, he's a beast center fielder. Yeah, he's MVP. He's a beast center fielder. And I was like, yeah, he's probably decent, but he's made some amazing catches this year. So, judgy. Love you. Yeah. yeah. By the way, pretty quiet 590 win percentage for the Yankees, too. Yeah. Like just all of a sudden on a 95 win pace for the season. Um yeah. Third in their own it division. It came on strong recently. Something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, third in their own division has something to do with it. But um, yeah, just comfortably doing what they do basically every season with a run differential to match, too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got the boys back. Mr. Stanton, Mr. Donaldson, welcome back. Yeah. They, uh, I think Donaldson homered twice, Stanton homered once in their return on Friday. Big L. <laughs> Still took the series, though, so that's not funny. Yankees still took the series, but it was funny that Donaldson and Stan came back and hit three combined home runs in the same game, and they lost. But <laughs> outside of that, it's all just prayer circle for Judgy right now. Positive vibes, positive thoughts for Judgy. So, what are you Nestor Cortez is going on the injured list, too. Not that I want to do like a whole fucking... Yankees you're doing it segment you're doing it no no no. no. I'm just mentioning I'm just mentioning if we're going to talk Yankees injured list how can you not say Nestor Cortez going to the injured list is not news that's news that's news but yeah continue your Yankee segment well I mean it's just that's that's karma for uh turning his back on the United States of America during the world baseball classic yeah am I wrong am I wrong I will say I, I don't think he did that. I think the Yankees did that and they made him do it. That's speculation, but they made him do it. Yeah. Yankees hate the WBC. They're jerks. That is true. Isn't like 
didn't what happened in the first one? They tried to like sue the World Baseball Classic or like they issued an apology to their fans because yes. the World Baseball Classic. They put up a sign in the outfield at spring training apologizing to all the fans because like Derek Jeter wasn't going to be there for spring training and then said, if you have any concerns, please write the commissioner's office. The Yankees are famously the most anti-World Baseball Classic organization in baseball. That's that's real life. That's real life. Well, yeah, that's a real Famously business. the most anti anything that isn't Yankee centric. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it extends even beyond the WBC. Yeah. Did you do the video bl- on the Yankees mascot that they just they fucking <laughs> he's like the <laughs> bastard son of mascots? Was that you, Joe? No. So there's a video about you should look into this there. The Yankees once upon a time had a mascot. That was just super ugly and fans hated him. So then they originally just banished him to the upper deck. What'd they call him? <laughs> they call him Hubs? I <laughs> who just gotta get congratulations, Hubs. Congratulations uh to Hubs. Back, baby! They put the mascot <laughs> in the fucking upper deck, and then eventually they just uh, the guy who was in the suit just kept coming back as the mascot, even though they were like, no, we've never even had a mascot. It was like the side piece that they got caught with. They were like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. no, no. That, we and we don't even know who that is. They've been disowning the mascot ever since. Like, no, we don't. Yes. Do so if you ask the Yankees, they never had a mascot when they when you bring up this mascot from like the 70s or 80s or whatever it was. They're like, yeah, we don't even know who that guy is. That he just started showing up here. We don't know who we don't know him. <laughs> Did, I, a mascot that just kind of lurks in the shadows and that you sometimes <laughs> see at the park and sometimes don't see, like, and is banished to the upper deck. I think that's kind of a cool new take on mascots. Frankly, I think we're seeing too much of them. They're always dancing around. They should be just, yeah, kind of like it's somebody you got to go find. Like the little kids go and find the mascot somewhere in the upper deck. His name was Dandy. Uh, Dandy was the mascot of the New York Yankees between 1979 and 1981. Uh, It's a play on Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh, On July 10th, 1979, the San Diego Chicken, then working for the Seattle Mariners, put a hex on Yankees pitcher Ron Guidry during a game at the Seattle Kingdome. Yankees outfielder Lupinella responded by chasing the mascot and throwing his glove at him. In response, Steinbrenner said that mascots had no place in baseball despite the imminent release of Dandy. Dandy debuted in late July 1979, three weeks after the incident in Seattle. When Thurman Munson died in a plane crash on August 2nd, 1979, Dandy was put on hiatus as Dandy resembled Munson. Though Yankees organist Eddie Layton composed a song for Dandy, it was never played. Dandy was confined to the upper deck area of Yankee Stadium by Yankees management. After the lease expired, Harrison and Erickson declined their Yankees request to sign another lease as they felt the mascot did not receive the necessary support from management. Um, After Dandy was returned to Harrison and Erickson, they destroyed Dandy using an industrial shredder, an act that the creators described as a terrible thing to do. Along with this experiment, the Yankees briefly had mascots resembling ballpark food. Uh, so this just goes on to whatever else. But um, though George Steinbrenner gave final approval to Dandy, 
he claimed he had no, quote, no recollection of mm. Dandy in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. They, they brought him in. Then they banished him to the upper deck. And then they destroyed the costume and said, we do not recall that he ever existed. Be fun to do an interview. Maybe that should be our next interview. Yeah, dandy. Find dandy. The, the legacy. Yeah, the if he's if he is still alive, then dandy himself, or maybe his descendants. Yeah, if he's if he's half of a real mascot, he would yeah. never reveal his face. Yeah, if you are if you are dandy, or if you are a dandy descendant, <laughs> if you know mm-hmm. dandy, if you've ever met or talked to dandy, please please reach out. Seriously, this is very serious. Yeah, there's a ton of. Don't even get me started on mascots, bro. You know the Cub, the Cubs had a guy who was not a Cubs mascot, just pretended to be the Cubs mascot. He would go to yes. every game and chill outside the stadium and like ask for tips and shit. And the Cubs mm-hmm. were like, "Dude, you can't be here." And he's like, "You fucking sue me, motherfucker! You can't stop me from being the fake mascot." And then he punched someone in the face at a bar, <laughs> and <laughs> it got on camera. And then they got a real mascot, and then sued him and banned him from the stadium. So. That's crazy. Are you you never you've I, never done? I didn't learn about Dandy from one of your videos. No, I did a whole video on mascots, but Dandy did not come up. Let's That's get that crazy. guy who was fired and was threatening to sue. Let's get him on for the next interview. Yeah, because that's more what's recent, right? Yeah, what's yeah, he up that to? was that was recent. You'll probably find him. Probably still at Wrigley. Just <laughs> a, a banished mascots <laughs> series. Dude, there's a fucking lot. Slap a fucking slap a sponsorship on that. They You're had the, the the Giants had an anti mascot who they made a mascot so people would hate him and talk shit to him and throw shit at him, and it got like out of hand. And some players on another team like beat his ass because they thought it was funny, and he sued the players and won, and then never mascotted again. What's that guy doing? Let's get him on for an interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Track He's, these guys down, Joe, and do a. For the love of God, do a video on Dandy. People need to know what the Yankees did to this poor bastard. Yeah. Mascots. I did a video of mascots. That shit got age restricted because mascot world is dark, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you start getting into fuzzy territory, buddy. Or furry right, territory. Yeah. Furry. Yeah. Furry. Furry. Yeah. Furry. Yeah. You don't know. You clearly don't know a damn thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It gets worse than that. <laughs> Jay, the leading furry authority. Yeah. yeah, yeah, mascot culture—it's—it's it's a wild scene. But yeah. I will say, Blooper, one of my close personal friends, as well as Wally, people. This is another thing that people have not picked up on yet. Uh, I think people are starting to, but it's very, very lower level, diehard stuff. But the casuals haven't picked up on this yet. Every year, the Red Sox celebrate Wally the Green Monster's birthday, and on every year, it's a different day. It's never the same day. <laughs> Every day they're like, it's Wally's birthday. Woo! <laughs> and e- every year it's a different date. I love that. So someone needs funny. to investigate this. Write this down, it. Joe. Yeah, let's get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. Uh, speaking of Joe's videos, new one came out yesterday. And uh, it's about sticky stuff in baseball. And of course, there's a lot of relative uh, information to current sticky stuff but historically dallas did you know like you know how they they have like they they muddy the balls with like the fucking mud from the river yep so back in the day 
instead of using the mud, umpires would spit tobacco on them and rub them up and then give them to the pitcher. Like that was how they that was how they muddied the baseballs back in the day. Because mm-hmm. there was no like because that mud was there was no mud back yeah. then. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, they didn't have mud until like the fifties. Yeah, they yeah. I yeah, I don't think Delaware had been discovered yet. That's why there was no that's why and, there was no mud. And what's even crazier, not to give away all the factoids about the video, it's it's like an 18 minute video. There's plenty of interesting information, but I, I was learning a lot. Uh so like there apparently this family of swamp donkeys in New Jersey who sell the mud to Major League Baseball. And that's the mud that they use to 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 mud up the baseballs. All of them. The, one family at a location that no one knows. They're selling mud to Major League Baseball, and it's a public space. It's not. It's not even from land that they own. It's it's a. That's like me going down to the Saugus River and just scooping up some mud and being like, "Hey, MLB, you can buy this off me if you want." Like. How has Major League Baseball not undercut this family that sells the fucking mud to them and just found where the fucking mud is and just scoop it up well, themselves? How have they not just gone and bought the river? That's what you would expect Major League Baseball <laughs> to do, right? Yeah. Like, all right. Like, yeah. Is it just, no, is, is it is just like a... we can completely carve out an entire family's livelihood here? How do we do that? Perfect. We're in. Yeah. Is it, it that it's got to be that. Where they're uh, like, oh, yeah, they've just been that's the, yeah, the mud family. They've been doing that forever. So we kind of, you know, it's tradition. Yeah. We get the mud. We get the mud from them. Why? It's been, it's been 80 years. Save family. And it, dude, they pay it's they pay them nothing. Like, it's not like a lot of money. It's well, like two thousand dollars a year. It's so public like- mud. It's like when it's like when you you have like fucking like three year olds that want to sell you rocks like, oh, there's a pet rock. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, that's cute. You know, yeah, I'll give you a dollar for the fucking rock. This family has been selling mud to Major League Baseball for 80 years. That's why I said, that's why I said, I jokingly said, I don't know if Delaware had been discovered yet. Um, Because like, like, I don't know. Do you think there's a historical tie, a historical significance to baseball, the America's pastime, the Delaware River, the mud? Like, you know, I, I don't know. No. no, it's just mud. <laughs> it's just mud. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to tie some nostalgia here together, right? Like, come on, the American blue collar spirit, muddy, nitty gritty, and how do we, how do we tie that to our our national pastime, our favorite way to forget about all the evil shit we do as a country? Let's let's rub up these balls with the mud from the river that we had to use to fucking make it happen. <laughs> I, don't know. I think that's a great everyone loves the mud yeah. everyone loves yeah. mud everyone, everyone loves the fucking love mud. mud the mud story goes viral every fucking two weeks and ah yeah. <laughs> can you believe this shit but, <laughs> so what we need what, major, what, what baseballs have been missing this entire time is like an outline of fucking George W uh, or George Washington not W George Washington on yeah. the uh, on, on the on the fucking boat you know what I mean like at the front of the boat with his fucking hand in his vest here we, that, like major league, that's baseballs need that little logo. Boom. I mean, and this is the type of stuff that we, if we were to make a documentary, like a baseball is dead spinoff documentary video piece, it would be to find this fucking mud. Where's it I, at? I it just wouldn't told be you. that hard. It really wouldn't be hard. 
<laughs> no, it can't be. They film them getting the mud all the time. I mean, you get one of these GeoGuessr guys could find it pretty quickly. But it's like you yeah. find the mud, then what are you going to do? Say, hey, MLB, I could get you a better deal. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like $10,000 a year to get this mud. It's not really a big deal. Yeah, but see, but what if you, what if you like, like that's where, that's where you would have to get an answer. You could start to get an answer. Be like, hey, I just proposed. I'll give you a better deal. Yeah. I, how's five grand? I'll take five, I'll take 2,500 bucks. 2,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'll give you all the mud you need. All the mud you need. Why are you telling me no now? Now I need to know why that's not a good deal for you. Well, now we need to we need to brand the mud like we can go there. We can get the mud. And this is baseball is dead mud, which is uh, that it's actually worth more. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to spoil the vid, but there's some they're trying to take these guys out of business. MLB is mm-hmm. actively trying to get rid of the mud and outsource to a different company, a billion dollar corporation. The same c- corporation help China bu- mud. <laughs> Dude, uh, they're not China mud. It's chemicals. It's not mud. It's fucking fake mud. Chemicals. Faux mud. It's fake. It's sticky, sticky chemicals they're gonna put on the ball so pitchers can grip it. So much and better. I don't know about you. Can't wait to can't wait to try to rub down a fucking baseball right before I throw a one-two slider, and then three days from now I've got a second tongue starting to grow out of my mouth because <laughs> yeah. I went to my fucking. <laughs> oh no! Right. I mean, it's just a give and take that we're gonna have to face. You know, it's just you're gonna have to make some exceptions here. You want to get a guy out? Do you care about a second tongue? It's up to you. <laughs> it's literally the same company that helped make Agent Orange for Vietnam are making the new baseball. Are you fucking serious, Joey? <laughs> I swear yeah, to God. You guys, you're you're it's shitting it's me like right Agent now. Agent Orange and like nuclear warheads and shit. Jesus, from, uh, yeah. are you fucking... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my wife, I promise you, would probably enjoy a second tongue. I'm not ready for that. And, oh! I, don't, and I don't think anybody else on the baseball field is looking to grow an extra lip, an extra fucking eyeball. Like, I don't need a random fingernail popping up out of nowhere. Like, I, I can't. You, we gotta, we gotta rethink this. We have to rethink the agent fucking orange. Are you serious? It yeah, was a long what, time ago. Dude, it was. It's even worse than that. It was like the the people that were like developing the fucking like the bomb that they dropped on Nagasaki, right? I don't know about that specific bomb. I know this is like a this is a chemical company. They help make hydrogen bombs. I don't know if it was the one that they dropped on Japan. What are we doing? But they help make the run the plant. What are we doing? <laughs> this is Jesus. Oh man! Well, you know if uh, <laughs> it's your fault, Dallas. It's you pitchers. I can't get a grip. I can't oh, grip the ball. It's a it's a chalk ball. I can't grip it. My fingers. No, but, but, hey, blame it on the like. I, I have long said uh, how how are we not just looking at the process and understanding the physics of the process here? Right. Uh, I'll say it again, and I'll say it very slowly. What? is dirt dirt is dry mud okay what happens if you wet dirt what well, it turns into mud what happens when mud dries it turns back into dirt now that you've rubbed wet dirt that has turned into mud onto a baseball and then stored them and let them set for hours and days on end you want to know what that wet dirt slash mud turns into that's right that mud turns back into the dry dirt and now it's coated all over the baseball and it gets pulled out as i said days weeks later for usage so you're not grabbing a ball with mud on it anymore are you 
you're probably grabbing a ball with dirt on it, mm. which makes it tough to grab, which makes it chalky. I know it's a crazy concept, but I promise you, if you wet dirt, it's going to turn to mud. And then if you let that mud dry out, it's going to turn back into dirt. That's just my experience in life with wet dirt. So if you can prove to me otherwise, I'm here for the science. Yeah, it's uh, they got there's slippery balls out there. And that's that's the sticky substance conundrum going on with MLB right now. They got to they got to allow some of it. They can't allow all of it. But now it's just a gray area. It's kind of a mess. great usage. until they get the chemical ball. Great usage the of the word chemical conundrum. ball. Yeah, the chemical balls. Got, get down. <laughs> the nuclear ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, that's on the Baseball Doesn't Exist YouTube channel if you want to check that out. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, Do you see the comments by Juan Soto? Mm. You see this, Dallas? No, I did not. What is this regarding the uh, Stroh dicing them up? No, oh. this is regarding uh, they were basically asking him, hey, why? Why does the offense suck? And he was like, I don't know. Why don't you ask someone who sucks? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? Play it for me. You got the you got the sound. And, and that's been the thing. Great game. And then a not so good one. Great game and not so good one offensively. Um, obviously, you guys can do it, but you're not doing it on a regular basis. Any ideas why? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm the guy who responds that question. You know, I think we have uh, those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. Uh, we have such a great team. Uh, but I don't know. It is. Uh, I just don't know what is the answer to that question. Yeah. Like, well, I, I am 100% on Team Juan Soto here. You want to talk about how inconsistent and underperforming the Padres offenses. Why don't you ask that to someone who is inconsistent and underperforming? Cause I don't fit that description. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't think that that is what Juan Soto was saying. I can. Appre- oh, that is definitely what he was saying. I don't know. I feel like there may be, I, I feel like there may be some things lost in translation here. Like, 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 I don't know. I would want to see, I would want to see his body language. I would want to see his eyes when he says, you know, he's wearing t- sunglasses. Go talk to those guys down there. Like, what is he's this- wearing sunglasses in the club? When he says those guys down there, though, like, who is he talking about? Who's he referring to? Is he referring to players? Is he referring to the front office? Is he referring to the coaching staff? 
Who is he referring to when he says those guys? That's a that's an important piece of information there. Because from there, I like who's your target? But I need to know who the target is. And until we have that clarified, I you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just don't think it's I don't think it's what I what I know you want to hear. What I what I think would be funny to hear. Like, buddy, I'm not, check the fucking numbers. I'm not the guy to be asking about who's struggling. That's for somebody else to answer not me i'm not struggling i don't know how it could be interpreted any other way i feel like you might be on an island on this take well no i just i i would let that's why i said it's not necessarily a take it's a i want to know who his target was and until there's clarification there i feel like there has to be some room for open interpretation yeah i mean i i think the i think it goes both ways i think he's also he's a reacting to it saying how am i supposed to answer for the inconsistent underperformance guys like a that's not me and b i don't i don't know like he he talks about how talented the room is he could just be saying i don't know why everyone else is underperforming but again that's a question for someone else because i'm not one of those guys yeah i mean it's it's uh and remember how old is juan soto 24 something like that you know and it's not like Yes, he's had to answer questions. He's been the focal point. He knows what it's like to be a a superstar. But I still, at times, I think when guys are young and, again, the whole interpretation thing, like, what do you mean? Like, no, I don't know. And and it's almost like a, um, <laughs> like he's not even conscious or aware how that can be taken, which, again, I don't think he should be faulted for. But it's like, you asked me a question. Here's my answer. And then someone might sit him down later and go, hey, you know, when you kind (laughs) of, when you're going well and you ask the reporter to go ask somebody else who isn't going well on why the team is struggling, that can sort of look like you have no compassion for the struggle of your teammates. And you're kind of saying, I don't know, I don't suck. Go ask the ones who do suck. And he would probably respond with, well, that's not how I wanted that to come out. That's not the impression I was trying to make. I just tried to answer a question. They asked me why we're struggling. Um, I think it's because we have inconsistent at-bats right now, but I'm not one of those dudes that's having those inconsistent at-bats. So if you're looking for that answer, then go ask somebody who's doing worse than I am. Jay, hey, how did you, how did you unpack those comments? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he, anybody's wrong. I... <laughs> <laughs> He hit it right in the head. <laughs> yeah, good point, I, Juan. I think every I think Dallas is right. I think Juan is right. Um, I do think that's kind of funny though. Like, if it's if we funny. take the sports con, if we take the sports out of it and just like redirect that sort of line of questioning to life, towards, to life, or to like anybody's n- normal job, quote unquote, yes. and like. If all of if like every person that you worked with was just like a complete shitbag loser and <laughs> and the president of the company or like or the media or whatever came out to you and were like, hey, so, um, you know, what's going on? Like, what's going on with this? Uh, and you had to answer for everybody. Like, I just <laughs> it, it's normal in sports to just ask like the most famous player in the room, like, why do all of your teammates suck and why does your team suck even when you're awesome? Yeah. It is kind of a weird question to answer without selling out everybody who's playing like shit. Yeah. Like, he can't. And that's why I said, like, you know, as young, he's he's still young. 
yes, he's a superstar and the talent. And I, I, I think he got caught in between. Yeah. I think he like he was like, well, <laughs> I don't suck. So I'm doing my part. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a weird vibe there right now. It has been a weird vibe. Yeah, and for it, quite it, some time, but makes you think. I mean, everyone always says, "Hey, what's wrong with the Padres?" And then some people will say, "Oh, dude, there's something. The locker room. They don't have the 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 uh, the vibe. They don't have yeah. the uh, camaraderie." And How you're many like, losing okay, teams have a vibe? Yeah, but then that's always something like you know, who knows? Like, how the fuck are you going to say that? Well, you, and then you yeah, hear yeah, shit like this, and you're like, "Well, maybe you got to find a way to like the, the clubhouse." When we talk about fitting into a clubhouse. There's there's roles like within a clubhouse, right? You're gonna have you're gonna have the loud guys. You're gonna have the guys who just show up, go to work, go about their business. There's th- those are more lead by example guys. You know, they're not necessarily grabbing somebody up behind the back of the collar and saying, "Look, this is how it's got to go." And if you have superstars at both ends of the spectrum, you have a guy like Manny Machado who's closer to the end of his career than he is the beginning of it, and you've got a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr who's closer to the beginning of his career than he is the end of it. Both uber stars. You've got guys like Xander in that room, who's probably looking at both of those guys going, well, Manny, you get it. Uh, I I know what it's like to be the fucking guy on the squad. So uh, I understand what this is like. I also understand what it's like to not be the guy on the squad and have somebody far larger in life on the field in voice like a poppy in the room as well. So there's a natural order to things in a clubhouse. And it seems like it's taking a little longer for that natural order to sort of shake itself out. That is weird, right? Cause like, like Manny Machado was the guy there first mm-hmm. when he first got there, but like Juan Soto is a guy. Xander Bogarts is guy. a guy. Fernando Tatis, Tatis guy. is a guy. So Nelly Cruz is their guy. Like Xander and Xander got there last. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the Red Sox were his team and everyone knew that. And he gets here. and He's like, A, I'm the new guy. B, I don't even know if I'm in the top three in the pecking order here in terms of like leaders. So it's 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 almost easier when shit's going wrong for everyone to kind of be like, well, well, he got here and- after me, but he got here before me. But he's like better than me. They who's the guy and whose team is and, it? And, I, and, and the cohesiveness. All right. Like when we hit the road. Like there, you know, there's just, there's groups of guys who are going to hang together. There's groups of guys who are going to go out together. There's groups of guys who will have dinner together. And for better or worse, there's usually the same individual sort of bringing those groups together, whoever it might be in these, you know, subsets. So if it's the starters who were going out, like, like for me, like it was just known when we get into a new town starters, we're going to go grub. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going out. Let's fucking go. We're, these are my boys. These are who we bleed with. And everybody was welcome. Players, relievers, you know. So now think about flying into a new city on an off day. All right. Who's calling who? Is Manny calling Juan? Is Juan calling Fernando? Is Fernando calling Xander? Who's the one putting the dinner reservation together? Who's the one saying, let's go get on a fucking fishing boat? Who's the one doing all of those things? And when you have dudes like that, those are four guys right there that when they go from city to city, might have their agent in town here, might have an endorsement deal representative in town here. So they can't do those things. So it's, it's a little, when I say fractured, it's not like they don't get along, but it's a little divided naturally because of the responsibility that comes along with being a superstar in the game. 
Yeah. When uh when the Red Sox were just there a couple weekends ago, I had more than one reporter that was on the road covering the Red Sox series be like, yeah, the vibes in that clubhouse are weird. Mm-hmm. Not like bad, not morbid, but just weird. It just had a very weird feeling in the room. But that is that a surprise to anyone? No. Like you had you basically you went the fucking LeBron Miami Heat route where you you had the parade before you played a fucking game. And uh, you can say, oh, no, like we just had a fan fest and like who every team has a fan fest. Yeah, but like it was done in a very like we're fucking here, motherfucker. You guys are fucked. You have Tati saying <laughs> we're going to win the World Series. Doesn't fucking matter who we play. Like that's that's the type of stuff where you put a target on your back. It's already hard enough, even with a bunch of stars to win the World Series. Then you put a target on your back. You spend all this money uh, and you're talking all this shit. And yeah, like you, you can't just like have like a shit ton of stars on the same team and not come together, not have no. that pecking order. Whose team is it? Who's the you know, who's leading this ship, especially now with Machado on the injured list? Like, yeah, he's around, but there there is something to, um, so, you know, like, yeah, he could still be in the dugout at home like maybe he doesn't travel with the team Mm -hmm. but when you're not playing every day Mm -hmm. you don't feel the same sense of like all right this is still my team you can't the guys on the injured list it's next guy up who's the fucking next guy and so this jared think about this now though this is something where the padres if they want to could maybe have that natural order effect start to take place no manny now maybe he starts to rally behind whichever one of these guys starts to really pick it up offensively and produce right now Manny can sort of get everybody to rally behind this individual. And now there's a little bit of a natural order taking place where, all right, that's our lead dog, right? When you run dogs and you have sled teams, like, you know who the alpha is. You know who your workers are. You know where there's going to be a weaker link. And ultimately, you know how to support that, right? And that's what needs to happen is there needs to be- That word is very triggering for me. What's that? Support. Support? I'm sorry, but you yeah, don't say that. You, you, you got to have it. You got to have it. <laughs> you got to have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it's it, it, we've yet to see the Padres have that run where everyone looks at them and they're like, they figured it out. They're clicking. Uh Oh, league's fucked. Like they haven't had. They have not had that stretch this year. Uh, they still have a losing record. Um, this is a team that, you know, a lot of us took the bait. A lot of us thought that they were going to win the division. This was going to be the year that they were going to overtake the the Dodgers. They just lost another series over the weekend to the Cubs. I mean, they're 27 and 32. They lost two out of three to Chicago. Before that, uh, they they finally, I don't, I don't want to say they looked like they were breaking out, but they had like, I was listening to the Padres broadcast, which it, it still is, um, you know, Don and, and um, Mark Grant, but they won nine, four in the series opener and then 10, one in the finale. And they were saying like, yeah, well, you know, haven't had a lot of these this year, you know, as in comfortable, convincing wins, even the games that they win. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're just overpowering teams. Like we thought that they were going to do. So I still think, that at some point they are going to have that month that, you know, uh, 20 and five month or whatever. I still think that that's coming. 
But is that going to be enough to win the division? No, I, I don't believe so. No, I don't think that they're like they're still going to be uh, best case scenario on being like a fringe playoff team. They're going to be hoping to get that sixth spot, that fifth spot, whatever. Uh, but yes, I do still think that that there it is month is going to be mixed in somewhere. But I, I just don't believe that it'll be sustainable. Um, but anyways, I was talking Padres. Uh, Jay, hey, you got any words for... Tristan McKenzie and yes. his return. Yes. Yeah. McWinsey. Yeah. 10 yeah, tickets. I mean, I yeah. My expectations were, I think, super modest coming into the game. And I was just completely blown away watching yeah. that start. Like that was um, so much more electric. Like I know he's, I think I had a stat earlier this year about, 10k starts uh when strider had done it and mckenzie was the only guy with the same number over the last two seasons um so he's capable of this kind of stuff but the one hit one walks i I, it's a game changer for the guardians because i'm still convinced that that division is theirs for the taking as opposed to the twins like i don't i'm not at all convinced by the first 60 games or whatever we're at 58 games that that the twins uh, have what it takes to run away with that division. So I think it could end up looking a lot like what the division looked like last year, which was the guardians playing possum for the first five months of the season, then absolutely annihilating everybody for the final five weeks. Um, I still think they're the best team and McKenzie's their best or second best pitcher. He may be their best pitcher. I watched, um, they got, they got some arms, J. you guys are chucking it. Oh, no doubt. You I guys mean, are chucking yeah, it. there's no doubt. He what what impressed me about his outing for shit because I I went back I went back and watched the fucking condensed version of his outing. Um, Did not do well early, like getting ahead early, but I think like go back and look at the numbers with the fastball command was slightly above average as far as strike rate was concerned. I believe Uh, was very good with the with the breaking ball, very good with the curveball. I think he had had two strikeouts on the curveball and three on the slider, I think. But the fastball, the fastball command overall, even though he wasn't getting ahead of guys early, did a good job of pitching at the top of the strike zone and then creating angle downhill as well, which you think those are two different trajectories, two different flight paths. Um, And why does that matter? Well, the curveball, top to bottom, north-south work, right? So uh, I believe he landed like he threw like 17, I think 17 or 18 curveballs, maybe less than that. But like like 14 were strikes. It was fucking disgusting. Hmm. It's it got was- a negative fit. So it's a good start. <laughs> pretty, yeah, good. pretty, pretty good. How does uh, how does the addition of Tristan McKenzie uh, the first week of June? How does that make you feel about the outlook for the guards the rest of the way, Jay? Hey. Three and a half out. Three and a half out with a with a losing record. Yeah, I mean, I would I would still take them to win the division. Damn. Oh, okay. They're yeah, pitching their ass off right now. Yeah, I just don't. I, I don't think the Twins are that good, and I don't think. And I don't think the Guardians are necessary. I mean, they're the Guardians' offense is objectively terrible, but bad. Um, the 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 Guardians' pitching staff now that it is somewhat intact is the most proven unit in the AL Central. 
um, of any unit that exists, offense, pitching, defense, whatever. Uh, and I'm most comfortable riding with them because I think I still think the twins have a massive amount of holes um, and a very I, I think their success is very vulnerable. And yeah, as I said, I think it's going to look a lot like what the what the division looked like last year. And I expect the Guardians to win. And I actually think that the 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 current 2023 version of the Guardians is probably better off if Tristan McKenzie is the best pitcher on this team. Like, I think that's how this team. Well, that's where this is headed. Kind of. Yeah, I think that's what it, that's where it has to head. Yeah, because I think the era, as I've said before, I think the era of Shane Bieber being a true blue ace is behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he's still somebody that I think really helps a team and that I want and is, you know, a number two, number three. Yeah, he's still front line. He's not he's not a clear cut ace for sure. But um, it's really important to have Tristan McKenzie back. Yeah. Yeah. Hard agree. Hard agree. Yeah. Um, so the final line, Tristan McKenzie was five shutout innings, one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts. Welcome back, Tristan McKenzie. Um, did you guys hear? What? There's a new service, streaming service called Max. Talk to me. And it's a sure bet. With everything on HBO Max, including HBO, the DC Universe, Adult Swim, together with TLC, Discovery, Food Network, and more, Max really has some of the best content out there. There's literally something for everyone. I mean, crushing succession. Crushing succession. Yeah. I who did I have this conversation with, Jake? Was it was it this show or the other show? I know it was the other show because Pete. I think it was. I had the conversation with Pete. Have you seen Euphoria, Dallas? No. Because Pete was I've experienced I think it was euphoria Pete. many times. Yeah. I think Pete was saying that I would like euphoria more than succession. I have not seen. Yeah, I haven't seen euphoria. And I just finished last night season one of succession. So I'm a little behind, if you will. But uh, okay. season one. Very good. Very good. And do you think I'd like it? I, I, I do think you would like it. It's a mix of uh, like. Did you ever watch Billions? No. No? Okay. All right. Well, then. Oh, God bless. Please stay in the yard. Please stay in the yard. Please stay. <laughs> God <Fuck>! bless it. <laughs> um, It's a mix between Billions and The Office. No. Let's, let's not go right now. So, yeah, I think you would like it. And shout out to Max because I've been taking all these episodes in on the airplane, traveling from city to city. Not able to do that without Max. You watching college baseball right now, Dallas? I am watching college baseball right now. Yeah, I love that. Good for you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be t- we're because people were asking you guys gonna talk college baseball. We're gonna we're gonna be cycling in uh, some college baseball experts because uh, I know Dallas watches, but um, we could use a little helping hand to to really inject some information into the conversation. So we will be doing that. Uh, maybe a week from today, because I know we've got we've got a lot of guests lined up for this week. But I do want to talk college baseball because I know a, a lot of you listening, you, you love your college baseball. So we'll get there. But uh, Max is where we all win. Subscription, obviously required. Visit Max.com today. Get your subscription. A lot of good stuff. The king of uh, the king of uh, content out there right now. HBO. Um, one last quick thought for me before we get out of here. 
Uh, Chris Bassett. Seabass. Bassy. Uh, his last outing. Seven and two-thirds, three hits, shutout, no walks, eight strikeouts, and then makes it to the hospital in time to see uh, his wife give birth to a, a newborn baby. Shout out to Colson. Mama and Colson are doing great, he tweeted. Perfect weekend, complete. Got a new baby. Yep. Shout out to the to the Bassets. Good for Bassy. Good for Bassy. Yeah. I uh I would like to take this time to acknowledge a very special, a very emotional, and once again, a very romantic moment in the game of baseball. I'm sure we are all well aware of the battle that Liam Hendricks and his family have been fighting uh, against the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And what happened yesterday? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Considering it was National Cancer Survivor Day. Liam Hendricks taking the mound for the Chicago White Sox has a sparkler of an outing. And then Jake Berger comes up and hits a fucking grand slam. Hmm. Pale Hose win. Liam Hendricks wins on National Cancer Survivor Day. Just a, a mountain, a volcano of emotion, I'm sure. As you could see, you watch him close out the inning and come off the mound like we've seen time and time again. Just fist pump, losing his shit. So just a, a great moment for cancer survivors, a great moment for Liam and his wife, Christy, just a, a phenomenal moment, I think, for the organization as well, because they've done a great job of supporting Liam and his family during this time. And so for it to play out the way it does yesterday on the field with Liam getting the victory as well as the team getting the victory on a day like that, where everybody in the house kind of has their heartstrings being tugged at, I, I don't think it could have played out any better. Jay, so since the last podcast, um, MLB had Lou Gehrig Day, and uh, I just wanted to shout out. I found it. There are many, many people who are impacted by this, but uh, it's the first time it's ever really hit anybody. Anybody that I know personally, and I just wanted to say that I found it very touching. Uh, the amount of outpouring across baseball that Sarah Langs received, yes. and the uh, cause that uh, Sarah is trying to draw attention to and the money they're trying to raise for it. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of surreal, to be honest, but uh, culminated with an appearance on Sunday Night Baseball last night. And, um, yeah, that's my final thought. Yeah, very cool. All the teams across baseball, broadcast booths, had stars up for, for Langs, which... Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Jay. Very well said, man. Joseph? Uh, can I talk about my Braves? Yeah, talk about your Braves, dude. Uh, they had a pretty good series over there in Arizona. You know, we didn't play our best ball, took two out of three, but it really was the series of Eddie Rosario. He's back to fuck your favorite team over. He <laughs> hit three home runs, including a clutch grand slam, brought us back to the 2021 playoffs. 
where he was the darling of Atlanta and Eddie, 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 Eddie is back. And Ozuna from the Braves is also back because he pimped a 400. He pimped a 419 foot single baby off the center field fence in Arizona. Ozuna from the Braves, man. Yeah, Ozuna you know, from I, the Braves. I dropped a uh, Ozuna from the Braves on the broadcast, and uh, it was it was picked up by a few that <laughs> that got it. That was that was fun. I, I do have Ozuna I do have I do have something that I wanted to bring up uh, before we go mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this is something I had been thinking about for a while. The minute it happened, and I've thought about this because we do this all the time, but. When things are going well, you you draw national attention, you draw attention of your competitors, you draw attention from fans from everywhere. And if you remember, there was an individual on the Oakland Athletics who got off to a white hot start, a blazing start, Brent Rooker. And as we know, Brent Rooker made a trip to MLB Network where he talked about all the adjustments and the work that he's put in, the approach, the approaches, uh, mechanical adjustment, just everything, right? Breaking it down, why B-Rook is absolutely banging. And so I started to look at the numbers and understanding what Brent Rooker has gone through. And my whole theory on telling everybody why things are going well for you as a hitter or as a pitcher, there's a reason you get canned answers in post-game interviews. There's a reason you get canned answers in pre-game inquiries about why things are going so well. Well, you know, I'm pitching well, I'm hitting my spots, and things are just going well, as opposed to breaking down for you why I'm attacking at a certain spot in the zone with a certain pitch to certain types of hitters in certain counts. Like, I could give you all that, but I'd be doing a lot of fucking work for you. I'd be doing a lot of legwork for you, especially if you were someone interested on how to get to me. So Brent Rooker made his appearance on MLB Network. Up until that day, the first 28 games, Brent Rooker was hitting 319 with a 434 OBP, a 692 slug with an OPS of 1126. He had a 339 BABIP. As well, 10 homers, 26 RBIs, 17 walks, 27 strikeouts, all of that in 113 plate appearances. Well, he went on to MLB Network and showed the world what B. Rook has been up to in the lab. And the last 24 games for Brent Rooker have gone like this. He's hitting 188. He's got an OBP of 266. He is slugging 282. For a 548 OPS, a 283 BABIP, he has one home run, six RBIs, nine walks, and 31 strikeouts, and that is in 94 plate appearances. So I've always wondered how much stock to put in when guys go out and basically break down their entire path to success and give that for the world to digest? And is there something to teams listening to that and maybe going into their lab and saying, 
I feel like this is how we would start to attack an individual who's using X, Y, and Z to put him in position because he's having a pretty good go of it right now. But just something I found, so just something I found curious. I wonder what you guys would think about that. Hmm. Uh, Jake's takes. I just really need a Red Sox win here, man. Things are bleak. <laughs> it's been raining for like a week straight. Um, everyone's getting hurt. So, yeah, I really could just use that tonight. Mm. Would be nice. Yeah, we got first pitch in about three hours now. Um, I saw a report, Jake, while we were on the pod. Alex Cora has not ruled out a Trevor Story return before he is physically able to uh, play defense. So, we'll Bryce see. Harper wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> He's the blueprint. No, I feel he yeah. Is AC knows get blueprint. you guys back, get you a middle order of the bat, get you a couple of starters. <laughs> oh, uh, my final thought today. Today is a very special anniversary. Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. Six five oh four. Never forget. Uh, the day that I uh, threw a no-hitter against Revere, 13 strikeouts at Revere High. Babe Ruth All-Stars. Um, never Joe, forget. This is, one of those, of, what? this is one of those things that never happened, Joe. We're waiting on confirmation. We're waiting on living proof, testament from somebody who was there. Yeah, there's plenty of people that were there that would, that would come on the podcast and talk about it. Let's go. We'll do a whole special. We should have had it lined up for this. For this day, but you know, never too well, hold late. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So six five oh four. So next year's the twentieth anniversary. Let's blow it out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what we need? We need live at bats against the lineup that you mowed down supposedly, allegedly. Mowed Let's bring down. them all back. Yeah, we need live. Yeah. So, and you know what? I will fly out there for that. I will fly okay. out for that twenty right. year anniversary. Circle the date right now. I'm telling you right now, and I'm letting it be Six, known five, right 24. now. I will absolutely carve out this series of games, and I will take them off. I will. <laughs> I will allow that money to just. I don't disappear. think this is going to be the result that you think it is. Like I can still throw I, those kids that played baseball 20 years ago. They definitely are not still playing baseball. So we'll see. Take the time off. Come on over to Boston. You want to put up or shut up? We'll see. Yeah. And, and I'll, I will be umpire, too. I'll, I'll umpire. No, 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 no. Yeah. We need, we need no. to be fair. We'll get Joe West out there. <laughs> we just Joey and I all announce the game. Starting with a 1-1 one, one count. Let him to death. <laughs> I'll play shortstop, dude. <laughs> kidding me. You're not allowed to participate in the game. It's just the people who were playing in the game 20 years ago. Fuck that, bro. I'm trying to play. I'm trying to play. Try to play, play. You know we went 2-0 and in softball last night. Like, everyone knows that shit. hmm You know I yep. struck out three times in softball three weeks ago in oh one God. fucking game. You know how sad that? Who strikes out in softball? Slow pitch softball. I've never heard of one person striking out three times. Certainly. I struck out three times, dude. This guy, I don't know. It was my birthday. That was, you know, wish me happy birthday, first of all. 
When, how the fuck, if we're not friends on Facebook, then I don't know when your birthday is. Don't care. On no one said anything. And I when's was your pressing birthday? When's, when's your birthday? Joe? When's your birthday? 21st. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, oh, That's like Joe. two weeks ago. Yeah. I know, I'll, dude. I'll, I'll catch you in 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a clown question, bro. I literally would have wished you a happy birthday if I knew. Birthdays matter to me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll write that down. <laughs> literally, like, I remembered, like, the girl that I dated uh, when I was, I must have been in middle school. I remembered her birthday was May 20th. <laughs> like, I just, I remember birthdays. So She's now, my Gemini twin. Yeah, now I'll never forget yours. Well, that's, so, that's glad we had this moment. Yeah. All right. 6504. Never forget. Uh, best to ever do it. And um, we'll see you on Wednesday. Wow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.